Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the man wearing a Britney Spears t-shirt, James Key. Yes, sir. Got I mean, I know it? it's Halloween, so maybe that's what's happening here. Uh, James is celebrating Halloween by wearing a Britney Spears t-shirt. But, nah, um, man, I wore this to uh, a dinner that I took my account out to at work. This was this is my choice of attire, and it was definitely a conversation piece. I suppose that's one way to start a conversation, and we hope yeah. to have a conversation with the tattooed one as well. Hello, Madiki. See, he's wearing the same. Like the reason he's wearing the shirt is the same reason I have tattoos. It takes away from the face. You know, people's <laughs> right. attention don't look here. Well, speak for yourself, pal. <laughs> Yo, I okay, low key. I'm kind of pretty, but like this avoids You're the fact that people prison look too pretty, hard. sir. That's true, but I won't hold a pocket. I swear. Well, we hope we have your attention for the next uh, couple of hours or so, as we're going to talk about the World Series that is underway right now and the implications that people are drawing to the Toronto Blue Jays, which we need to discuss. The Toronto Raptors have officially kicked off their season, and there's a few uh, interesting threads hanging in the balance. The Toronto Maple Leafs maybe have something cooking. We want to talk about that. There's a lot of talk around the NHL of protective equipment. And a lot of talk around sports gambling in the NHL. And speaking of gambling, we're going to give you a recap of the NFL Week 8 and our picks for the NFL Week 9. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode, a very spooky episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. Gentlemen, normally we would say what's been going on in our lives, but... I think what's going on in everyone's life right now is, of course, it's it's Halloween. It's uh, the most wonderful day of the year. <laughs> it is the the weekend where you get to uh, roll through your Instagram feed and see all sorts of people you know in incredibly fun costumes. You can just say skanky. It's fine. Yeah. I didn't say those words. I know. You were thinking it. I said it. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. It's the one day a year where, like, you kind of get a hall pass to dress however the hell you want and not get called out for it dude we were at spirit halloween okay and i mean (laughs) we were looking for pieces of costume for my partner and this is mm, (laughs) the front of every costume looks like the front of a porn video like it looks like the cover of every single one and it's like yeah exactly that's it (laughs) maddie doing the cleavage everyone's like it's like sexy nurse sexy maid sexy serial killer like it's all it all looks like porn parody covers and i and and you just see people walking out there and you know now you know what they're gonna look like with this outfit on and some people you're like okay and some people you're like yeah you probably should have just chosen like a bear <laughs> just should have just been like a mascot or something a maybe sexy not a bear chosen, a sexy bear maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe not chosen sexy nurse that one wasn't for you but yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Like literally looks like the cover of a porn video. I Speak understand spirit it, Halloween. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. Cause I saw it on TikTok, and I feel like, oh, well, that must be true. That's what I'm saying. It's like, who knows? It's, it's like the Chinese government trying to force things on us, but <laughs> it was a family costume. Oh, I don't know if, like how much this exists or not, but like, it's not just a couple's costume where you're matching with a couple. Like you have a, a small child involved in the 
ensemble. And both uh, parents, the costume portion was this tower looking thing. And the child was a airplane. Oh, no. I'm like, that can't be real, right? Like, that's not a real costume that they're selling in Spirit Halloween. But I will tell you this, that last year, the year before, a couple years ago, I was in charge of, like, going through Halloween costumes at a very popular retailer and saying, nope, 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 because... A lot um, of nopes. (laughs) A lot of nopes, because a lot of them were, like, we're so close, but not hitting the mark. Like, it was, I don't know, like, it wasn't... Like it crossed it was, from being funny or kind of like haha to like Ew. yeah like some of them like maybe you can get away with a little while ago if it was it's like a it's high chief and they're dressed like a, a first nations person like ah no you a costume shouldn't be like representing someone's culture so I'm gonna say no on that one. yeah right Who but it wasn't even native it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah I don't think and then know. there was there was one that was like it was a taco and I'm like okay. Was Taco's fine. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't pink. It was just a taco, and I'm like, "That's fine. You can have a taco costume." But then I saw the picture of it because, like, some I get the descriptions, and then I see the pictures, and I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, no, no!" Um, it was a taco that had uh, a sombrero, a sombrero, and maracas. Oh, I'm like you motherfuckers! Like you were almost <laughs> there. If you had like, if you're holding like guacamole in your hand, it's like and salsa in the other. Like, okay, you're a taco. Fine, you're a food. But if you're wearing a fucking sombrero and shaking maracas, like that's just no, no. That's a, we can't I saw what was the that. one I saw? Boner skeleton. So it's a skeleton costume, but it has like a massive boner, like a bone as one of the. That's funny. Which See, is, that's clever though. Like that's like it's a little risky, not for kids, obviously. But like you know, it's uh, fun. You're like, haha. Exactly. I. So here's my question though: <clears throat> is, What what the fuck do they do the other? 11 months of the year if you work at spirit halloween or if you're part of that company like what is like you can you don't just sit on your thumb for 11 months like no, they've got to be they plan <laughs> we need sluttier <laughs> they, they they take 11 months to figure out how can we get sluttier costumes yep what no more it's can we they're, remove? they're the bay dude actually it's actually an incredible business model if you think about it you reduce materials jack the prices yep less less covering more more expensive and... Well, also, too, they're not open every, you know, they're not open year round and things like that. They literally lease places for short term well, for uh, one yeah. month. They sell a shit ton in that month and then, then they what, close down. That's what I mean. What do they do? They just go yachting like, well, like I don't they got to have they've got to do something else. I think they're probably owned by a parent company that we need to investigate you know, this. I'm we need an intern. Now. That's what we need. We need an intern to be like, Jeremy, go look this up. You know what? We should put out a call for interns. Yeah, definitely for social media. Uh, ouch, thanks. Uh, <laughs> if you guys look in uh, the chat, I did drop in a picture of this costume that I was talking about. Oh, called, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's called Never Forget. It's, it's called the Never Forget costume. I, I just, I, I can't believe this is real, though. Like, I, I don't want to slander well, there's Spirit that, Halloween. There's that meme where it's like, the costume for a certain thing and it lists all the the dumb things like have you ever seen that meme where it's like leaf fan it's like cup of tears uh parade map like yeah. that's like the things that it comes with you know what i mean like it's like right. ironic so maybe it's like one of those but that's so, pretty rough 
Spencer's Gifts is own Spirit Halloween. So okay, it's a so massive company. Yeah. So they probably they that's like just a to that to them that's just a capsule execution like seasonal execution, yeah. right? They probably do ship for Christmas. Like they probably have like the big holidays covered like Easter, Halloween, Christmas and shit like that where they have pop-ups and crap. So Spirit Christmas. Why wouldn't they do that to be honest? They should have Spirit Christmas or Christmas Spirit. That sounds way better. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas Spirit actually sounds way better. Yeah. 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 And they should just have holiday decorations and shit. And then so Easter Spirit. No, <laughs> spirit of Easter. Or the solstice. Yeah. Spirit but um, like you're just creating a party store at this point. Yeah. The spirit of Christ. Par- just guys, why don't we just create a store called Party City? Yeah, it already exists. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the thing that already exists and they went bankrupt in the United States. So uh, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> One time I was actually like speaking of Halloween, I was walking uh, on campus when I was in school and I was walking with my buddy Cameron and one of the guys from our hockey team was like, are you guys coming to the party tonight? We're like, there's a party tonight. Like, yeah, because they all they half the guys from the hockey team stayed in the village like at school and they had like the townhouses there and half of them were in one townhouse. The other half were in the other and they were right next to each other. They used to throw like massive parties and shit. Like it's costumes only. So I was like, dude, it's like four o'clock on Halloween. Right. And so he was like, I don't know, figure it out. We'll see you tonight. And I'm like, turn to camera's like, shit. Literally was walking down, saw a janitor. It's like, can I have a garbage bag? He's like, uh, sure. Took it, cut a hole in it, cut arms hole, wrote douche on a piece of paper and slapped it to oh my chest. God. And I went as a douchebag. That's the, I, those are the, I hate the, those costumes <laughs> drive me nuts. Not the, not the lack of, it's when you're trying to be, like so ironic it's like like oh if i had time i would have come up with something awesome like a black bodysuit and they like just put underwear on themselves what are you i'm a static cling it's like shut the fuck up i have in my closet something i got on amazon that is like a a halloween costume ready to go whenever i need it it's a it's a tv never forget costume (laughs) no i'll never forget it's a it's a tva jacket it says variant on the back oh nice Okay. Toss the jacket on. I'm a variant of Loki. Off I go. That's like the the dude who you, for a stretch there, just black leather jacket and was like, I'm a Matrix character. It's like not even an actual one, just from the Matrix. Fuck those guys. Of all the costumes that you would have saw in your social feeds this week, what has been the favorite? It has to be someone you know, but like of all the things you've seen this week, what is the your favorite costume? I think I have one off the top of my head. That immediately jumped out. I don't, and I don't even know who the person. I don't know who the person was. I don't know if they're like some famous person or some shit, and I'm supposed to know who these people are or something. But it was a, it was a couple's costume, of course, which I think is always where you can be the most creative. Oh and let me guess, it was Kelsey Swift. It wasn't, although I predicted a lot of people would do that. And yeah, of course my they did. my my cousin did it, and I was like, oh, of course you did, because it's simple, right? Like all you got to do is be a, a thin blonde with very red lipstick. And the other, and the dude buys a Travis Kelsey jersey, and off you go. But Literally this one up. also sports related, and also the the man in the group was wearing a sports jersey. It was a Randy Johnson jersey. Oh yes, I saw this, and the wifey went as a exploded bird. seagull. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Was, like a like a bird that is like half deconstructed with blood all over it. Yeah, like, that was. It's all it's funny and macabre, which is kind of nice. That's the I, thing. Yeah. I feel um, like <clears throat> Halloween should be spooky. Yeah. Hey, 
So I want to. I was asking you guys this before. I don't think I fully illustrated my concept very well or communicated it, but I was I was wanting to know like what the spookiest moment in sports like for an athlete would be. So like for example, the guy who got dunked on by Vince Carter in the Olympics and got oh, cashews oh, like man. that was Cash that guy. that guy that's like haunted to this day by that dunk. So can you think of like any other like spooky or Patrick Steffen to me is spooked. Oh, oh yeah. An open net just terrifies that man. Right. Um, like, man, that's that, that Patrick Stefan one is good too. That's I always I, go back and watch that clip every year or so just to have a good laugh. I watched that game live because we had my buddy Mark Pryor over to our house watching that game. And wait, hold on. Mark Pryor, like the actor, Mark Pryor. No, no, just coincidence. He's hey, a there, who am I th- is Mark Pryor an actor? Who am I thinking? No, of? pitcher. He is a pitcher for the Cubs. Who the hell am I thinking of? <laughs> Mark Forward is who I'm thinking of. We got Richard Pryor. He's you know who Mark Forward is, right? No. Yeah. You will know him if you saw him. Uh, Mark okay. Forward is the guy from Letterkenny, who the, the coach who kicks the yeah. fucking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's but anyways, we were watching that game live because we. Um, it was during like their playoff push that year right and um he came like he has a cottage that was by our house up north and so you know during the summers we'd hang out with him a lot and see him a lot and we were like come over watch the game that's also the day i cut his hair he's like fuck it shave it off so i buzzed his entire head anyway so yeah we were watching that game live and we were like oh cheering for the oilers obviously and uh saw stefan come down we're like all right ice in the game and then we were like holy shit fucker missed the open net but um and then obviously comes back hemsky scores it was crazy but that's a good question patrick stefan it would definitely be up there um i don't know man well i think we're all trying to avoid saying the obvious i know and i said i think i said it off the top like before we came on was a 4-1 lead for the leafs in a game seven any lead for the maple leafs at any time i feel like is a a very (laughs) spooky scenario because there's just so many skeletons of the closet of the Toronto Maple Leafs that at some point you, you just know it's all going to come crashing down. Oh, I know. Matt Ryan with a 27 to 3 lead going to halftime at the Super Bowl. Spooked. That man was spooked. Or who was it that Sam Darnold seeing ghosts on the yeah. field? <laughs> I'm seeing ghosts out there. He was spooked too. Oh, yeah. I he think was right spooked. Something that is that adds to the spooky vibe always is music. And. That's why I have a Halloween playlist on Spotify because at the appropriate time, you need to listen to those songs. Uh, the spookiest song for Roberto Luongo has to be Chelsea Dagger. Oh, yeah. Oh. You're saying that guy hears it in his nightmares. Do you think yeah. he hears that and he like stiffens right up? Like even though he could be at like a restaurant and he just hears. Yeah. Shudders a little to. bit. Yeah. I'm, oh. I don't know. I got like. There's so many. Um, who's that dude who collapsed at like the Masters or whoever back in the day or that major tournament? George, uh, uh, Greg Norman. Greg, Greg Norman was, spooked. It was the Masters. And it's like an iconic shot where he's like on the green. <laughs> yeah. Gave it away. Do you know the shot I'm talking about, Dustin? I don't know, actually. No. Oh, I okay. So the dude was uh, famous. Um for this, like he was a good golfer, like he did well, but I don't think he ever was like super well, successful. He's the, he at helped the start live, right? Because he got yes. pissed that PGA controlled kind of like how the players made money. And he was always like, we should be independent, blah, 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 and be able to do our whatever. 
And they were like, nah, fuck you. So, like, Greg Norman was always kind of an outsider looking in. Yeah. So, it would definitely be Greg Norman at the Masters. Here you go, Dustin. It's famous. Like, um, like this is ultimately one of the biggest collapses in Masters history. <laughs> he just managed to land on the floor. He had a six-shot lead. <laughs> a six-shot lead collapse. Um, well, yeah. I haven't sure had a lot to do with the hat he was wearing, though. That was his signature. Oh, he was famous for that. Yeah, that yeah. was his signature He had his own thing. clothing brand, Shark. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like um, a shark on it. Yeah. Here's another one. Remember when Chris Webber called the timeout in college that didn't exist? Oh, oh. I do remember that. Yeah, because Michigan, right? Spooky as fuck, dude. That, that's... There's so many of them just like absolutely like... Oh my God moments where you're just... It happens and you're, you're just like, How? And it's it sticks with guys or teams forever. Yeah, um, haunts you. What's the dude from uh, uh, Christian Leitner? Oh, that dude just everywhere. Well, where's like dude's careers that ended in a, in a moment? Alexander Day of- going first overall in a draft. <laughs> well, no, he actually ended up playing for the Wild. Did you know that? Did he? Yeah, like twelve shifts or something. I don't know. But oh, okay, well, he did play. For yeah, the but Wild. he was. He was supposed to be the next massive player. Mm-hmm. Greg, Greg Oden and knees. Ooh, very spooky. Those knees. That dude Def- looked 50 coming into the NBA. Dustin's pondering here. I am. I'm trying to think of like bad injuries and stuff, but I feel like that's not fair. So I don't, I don't want to go dude, down that Nick road. Nick Chubb this year. Oh. Yeah, we've seen so many of those like really nasty looking injuries, and it's well, two guys with the same one with the Achilles, Aaron Rodgers, and now Kirk Cousins. So I 100% blame Jets fans for uh, Kirk Cousins getting his Achilles torn because we were like, let's trade for Cousins. It's it's like Beetlejuice, like y'all fucked him. <laughs> where <laughs> it, it's because Achilles the tear, Jets Achilles were tear, Achilles tear. Yeah, <laughs> the Jets were destined to not have a good quarterback this year. Like you know what they signed. They had Zach Wilson. They're like, nope, we need a good quarterback. So you get Aaron Rodgers, and then he gets hurt and tears his Achilles. And they're like, fuck, it's okay. We'll trade for we'll trade for Kirk Cousins. We'll trade for Kirk Cousins. We'll trade for Kirk Cousins. And then uh, a mere days before the trade deadline, Cousins is unavailable because he is also now torn his uh, Achilles. So uh, I hope he comes back soon. I hope he goes to the same uh, physician, as if you can call yeah. them that, that Dude, treated Aaron Rodgers. The first call Kirk Cousins makes is Aaron yeah. Rodgers. One hundred percent. Before, as he was going down on the field, that man was pulling out his phone, texting Aaron Rodgers. As he was going down, for sure. And I feel bad for that guy because, man, yeah, you're in a contract year. <clears throat> you were you were actually the only bright spot on that fucking team. That like he was outperforming yeah, well, that team wildly. Justin Jefferson obviously was, it, who's also now hurt <laughs> or or has been hurt. Which, like, dude, it. if you're Justin Jefferson, I'm in no rush to come back now. <laughs> no. Like, well, no, um, honestly, you're probably like trade me. No, I'm like, saying the, my, everything hurts. <laughs> no, but honestly, he could be like, trade me to a team. You know, Cousins is gone, They're and it's probably going to be a rebuild. Do you think he wants to go through a rebuild? He's young enough he could. No, it's not whether he could. It's do you think he wants to? I don't think any young player, especially in the NFL, wants to go through a rebuild. Right. He's going to want to go to a team that is, you know, already has an established quarterback. Like, honestly, I could totally see him wanting to go to a team like the Bengals, like the Niners, you know, a team that is pretty established, that has everything around them already and is maybe an offensive piece or two away. 
but like we're getting into off topic yeah those damn sports creeping into our halloween uh, conversation creeping, creeping. creeps <laughs> uh something that also is spooky that i um i want to get your opinion on alan wake 2 came out last week and fuck man those reviews look so good to Just a watch point a play where through, man. so I, I thank you for bringing that uh driving us <laughs> in that direction because that's kind of where i'm going in that i never played alan wake one well i shouldn't say that I've played the opening chapter of Alan Wake one like four times. So and, like every time, <laughs> and I put it down like every couple of years. I'm like I, put, I pick it up. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this now, and I didn't. I'm gonna do this again, and I didn't. And then it came like the remastered version. I'm like okay, I'll play the remastered version, and I got to the same point again. Just put it down, never came back to yeah. it. Um, however, I do like Remedy a lot. Like I'm one of the only people in the world I think that really like Quantum Break, and Control is fantastic. So I like I feel like I'm really gonna like Alan Wake too. It's just so what I've been doing. I don't know if you guys have ever done this before of like the leading into a sequel. I'm just going to watch a streamer play the first one and get all my information that way. So I've watched like YouTube summaries because like I never played the Witcher one or two. So I just watch, you know, summary of the Witcher one and summary of the Witcher two. And so I could play three and be like, whatever. And like, let's be honest, though, a game like that, there's so much side shit that you're not going to get. You're just going into it for the main story. But I'm at the point where I have to be very selective about the games that I play because my time is fairly limited. I had to grind through Spider-Man to beat it in the amount of time that I did. And I got the email from PlayStation telling me everything I did and how much time it took. I 100%ed that game in like 36 hours. I also 100%ed it. I don't think it took 36. It was probably very close to that. Yeah. It was like 33, 34. You yeah, an email from PlayStation about that? Yeah, I got an email from them saying, oh, congrats on this and blah, blah, blah. And this is all you accomplished in Spider-Man. Um, huh. Yeah, maybe they just don't like you. I guess uh, so. Talking too much shit about them. But um, yeah, so I got to be super selective. So what I've started to do is if I know there's a game I'm on the fence of, like I'm picking my genres. So I know if it's an RPG like a Final Fantasy, I'm going to play it. I'm going to get it. Like I already know that. Super Mario RPG, that I'm going to get. I know it. I'm going to play it. Whatever. But then there's the other games like an Alan Wake where my interest is peaked, but because it's something that I'd never really touched before, but I'm fascinated by the story elements because it is a very story driven game. Just watch a streamer play it and then I'm, I'm good or watch like a, a playthrough on YouTube or something like that, because I have to know that I'm not going to have the time to play it, but I'll always have the time, you know, just before going to bed an hour to kill lay down watch the playthrough that hour to kill you could have played no but it's you know i gotta sit downstairs on the couch i can't lay in bed and get i'm already ready you know what i mean it's it's a lazy play it in bed i'm I'm sure we can you would find a way to like just i gotta sit on the couch (laughs) hold on you know it's different i have to move to the couch oh my god (laughs) you know it's different when you have the kid and shit and you're tired and you don't want to I yeah, it, it is a different. You're looking beast. for the most passive form of entertainment. Possible. Yeah, you just want to shut your head off and not have to actually do anything that you could just absorb. Um, yeah, and also to games like that, I'm not going to stream and play on my phone. I could do it on my TV because the old 4K TVs in our bedroom. So I'm just, like, I could do it there, but I'm just fucking lazy. I just want to lay down and, like I said, absorb and consume. Um, loosely video game related, uh, very loosely. This has happened a number of times, and I think it's only going to get worse because of this whole new scooter thing we got going on in Toronto. And I know 
the scooters have been a thing in other uh, major cities in North America. I think they came into California first. New York? Yeah, like like Scooter Central when I was there. There's fucking scooters everywhere. Have we made a decision one way or the other? Are the scooters bikes or are they like rollerblades? Like where the fuck are you legally allowed to ride this goddamn scooter? Because I'm walking down the sidewalk and there's a motherfucker coming by going 20 kilometers an hour on this scooter, like ready to knock someone's shins off. So (laughs) what is the actual legality here? And if we're speaking legalities, I think we need also have a serious conversation with uh, bicyclists in the city. No. I did a whole, po- I did a whole podcast um, <laughs> skit on cyclists. I fucking hate them, man. They don't pay attention to the street rules, like the road signs. They like the amount of times they're the ones that almost cause an accident, and then look at everyone like, ah, what the fuck? It's like, dude, you're the one who went through the stop sign. Like, I'm. You yep. see my right turn signal, and you want to keep, you want to pass me on the right, you fucking moron. Cyclists, it, literally the lowest form of intelligence on this planet. One hundred. They just run stop signs all the time, especially in our area here, bro. Like on the, the residential side streets. I had a guy the other day. He had the red light and the hand up, this one, at the light, and I'm turning to go south on Young, and he's going south on Young across, but he's supposed to obviously wait, and he decides he's like this 55, 60 year old dude on the bike, and this is at like six in the morning. Gives me the finger and tells me to watch where the F I'm going. And he had like the stop hand, not even like the flashing one counting down. So I put my window down and pulled over and I was like, tell me that again. I was going to kick a 60 year old man on a bike at six <laughs> in the morning, right in the teeth. Like, fuck him. I I'm sick that. of these. Yeah. This is what needs to be understood. Like under no circumstance should the bikes ever be on the fucking sidewalk. Like no. the amount of times I'm walking down the street and someone zooms by me on a bike, like I'm just thinking to myself, like, if this was Grand Theft Auto right now, oh. you would be dead. Like, I would I would murder you. Like, literally, <laughs> I would just kill you at this moment. Um, but if you are on the road, like, you're either in the fucking bike lane, if there's a bike lane, and if there's no bike lane, you're on the road with the other vehicles, and you're treated like a vehicle. Like, but you don't get to... Just... In the bike lane, you should, you should assimilate yourself into traffic appropriately. You know how many times I've made a right turn, and these guys come out of nowhere... And because they're in the fucking bike lane, like, zoom in right by, yeah, yeah, thinking that or you're like, gonna I even, be able I've, to see them. I've tried to open my door at times, yep. and they're like, "Hey," I'm like, "Dude, I'm getting out of my fucking car." By the way, I don't know if you know this, pal. I my vehicle has four wheels. Yours has two. I will turn you into dust. I will, yeah. Victor. I will, Victor, timely your ass. All right, <laughs> you will. It's just. It almost feels like they they just feel like whatever is a flat surface, I'm allowed to ride my wheels on. But it's like, no, because I can't do that with my car. Like, I can't just like ride onto the grass because I feel like it. I can't just roll up on the sidewalk because I feel like it. I don't like how the law favors them. Like you if you if you if you make a mistake or you're not following the rules of the road and a cloud, a car plows you over like that's your fault. Like you can't don't cry to a judge. Like, so I'm sorry you have no legs, but. Here's from the government of Toronto website. E-scooters that are standing electric kick scooters are not allowed to be operated, left, stored, or parked on any public street in Toronto, including bicycle lanes, cycle tracks, trails, paths, sidewalks, or parks under municipal code chapters 950, 886, and 608. So technically, you're not even supposed to use them. Hold on. Not supposed to say that again. It's not supposed to be parked on the street? Well, sure. You're You're not supposed to have them. Like, they're technically illegal. Yeah, and then it says um, it technically falls under an e-bike, um, 
and it says where can you ride them and i guess you can do them on roadways and bicycle lanes but it the bottom of it actually says e-scooters that are standing electric kick scooters so by law you're not even supposed to be riding them they're probably but you know what it's probably one of those things where you're not supposed to if you do it and something happens it's on you you're not supposed to yeah, you think cops are spending their entire day writing tickets for fucking e-scooters? Fucking. They got to meet that quota, they will. Hmm. I'm just saying, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto, and hopefully Grand Theft Auto 6 <clears> is uh, in our future very shortly, but you're rolling down the road, and you see uh, someone in a motorcycle or someone on a bike, what do you do? Run them over. You, yeah, you run them over. Oh, like, that's, the just, bike. that's just the thing you hopefully do when Grand Theft Auto. Are in, so. uh, in Grand Theft Auto 6. That would be fun. That's the major update I want to see in Grand Theft Auto 6 is the addition of e-scooters so we can run them over in our fantasies as well. Yeah, He doesn't want, you know, like um, a procedural city where everyone's play can be different. Everyone's interaction with certain people can be different. No, he wants e-scooters. Yes, that's all. all we drive by imagine imagine doing a drug heist in GTA yeah. on an e-scooter. Just <laughs> <laughs> Uh, five stars <laughs> just take it off some sick jumps all right we put this off long enough uh we should actually oh you know what i also want to talk about candy but we can probably do that later if we uh, have time what we should talk about is the world series that is taking place uh tonight actually today uh, as we record this so uh, as you are listening to this it's halloween but we're actually recording the day before halloween and it is officially the 30th ever sports equinox where there is a Major League Baseball game, an NFL game, an NBA game, an NHL game, all happening on the same night. And, of course, Monday Night Raw is on tonight as well. So it's a, it's a packed evening. Sports evil. entertainment equinox. Yes, indeed. And the two teams involved in the World Series, of course, is the Texas Rangers uh, starring Marcus Semyon and the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks starring uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabe Moreno. Series of tie one one whatever who cares the the actual story here for, for the most part is I don't know about you guys but my Twitter feed is just littered with people saying stuff like if the Diamondbacks win does Ross Atkins get a ring ha 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 I don't know bitter ass or, the analytics department ha 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 yeah. Um, what are the statistics saying about Ross Atkins getting a World Series ring? Oh, I, I would like to hear your opinion on this as well. But here, here's what I'm thinking. If the play... Okay, everyone is healthy. And everyone is available for the Toronto Blue Jays. That trade doesn't happen. I'm willing to bet Gabe Moreno doesn't see a single inning of action for the Toronto Blue Jays. If everyone is healthy, if you have Kirk and Jansen and Moreno, and I'm saying this based off of literally last year's playoffs where they had Jansen, Moreno, and Kirk <laughs> all available to them, and they didn't use Moreno. And it's hard to, hard to really say this because uh, Guriel was dealing with the hamstring injury last year in the playoffs. So he, he wasn't on the playoff roster for the Blue Jays. But I think the one that rubbed me the, the wrong way the most, I don't remember who it was, but it was some fucking like Toronto media personnel personality who was said something along the lines of like, oh, look, 
at these former Blue Jays. Imagine if the Jays had these guys in the postseason. I'm like, you fucking idiots. Like, do you think for one goddamn second, if you honestly think this for a second, that having Moreno and Gurriel on the Blue Jays roster would have made a fuck of a difference? You're, you're, you're dreaming. You're absolutely dreaming. Take a, I wonder if enough people have actually looked at Gabe Moreno's stats this year. Take a look at it. If you look at his 2023 regular season stats, Moreno hit seven home runs. Now, he's hit four fucking home runs in the postseason. I don't know where the hell that comes from. Sometimes guys get hot. It happens. It could be literally anyone. Remember when David Freeze was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals and smashing home runs in the postseason? Like, he's David Freeze. Who the fuck knows who David Freeze is? Generally speaking, in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't like an all-star that was lighting the league on fire. Sometimes in the postseason, guys get hot. That happens. And I'll be honest with you. There's a 0% chance that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. would have been in that outfield if you have Varsho Kirk and Springer from a defensive perspective. Maybe he does get into the lineup early and they take him out of the game near the end of the game and replace him with Varsho for defensive replacement. The point I'm making is if you honestly believe that Moreno and Gurriel are the cornerstones of a franchise that is going to launch you to a World Series, you're out to lunch. The Toronto Blue Jays were eliminated because their high-paid players, Guerrero, and I guess not high-paid players, their star players in Guerrero, in Springer, in Bichette, in Chapman, the guys who are hitting one through four, didn't show up. That's it. I don't care if you put Moreno in that lineup. If one through four is going to ground into every double play possible, and actually I looked that up, that stat up too. Moreno grounded just made double plays Kirk did this year in terms of like a percentage. So what are we talking about? Well, it's I just think- a convenient. It's just convenient to like to force all the blame on Ross Atkins or John Schneider or Mark Shapiro. But we're not blaming the guys who are actually swinging the bats. I mean, there's two things that can be true, I think. I, I mean, it, if you think the Jays, and again, we don't know what happened, should like had the right move in keeping Kirk over Moreno, I mean, I think that's objectively wrong. I think Moreno is like a better all-around player. He can give you more... You know, in terms of even fucking base running, right? Like his average was higher than Kirk's, you know, which I think okay. is a struggle right. for the Blue Jays or like you said, guys swinging a bat. And there were times this year when Kirk <clears throat> couldn't get a hit when they needed it. Looking and, at it right now, I agree with you. If you look at it like <clears throat> as the players they are right now, who would you rather have, Moreno or Kirk? Obviously, you want Moreno. But at the time of the trade where Moreno had played 25 career major league had, games. But you had Danny Jansen. And, and right. this is so a number, this guy was a number catchers. one. This guy was like a number one prospect. He was like top ten in the MLB, mm-hmm. and and we like and we chose Kirk over him, who was not who was an all star anything. But he was an all star for one season, right? But that was a season so where was, he had to make the decision. So was Santiago okay, Espinal. Right. Yeah. 
right like, so, i think i think the way you look at it is too is, is futures as well like you're not just looking at it as oh he was an all-star therefore we have to keep him because he's forever going to be an all-star if anything you look at it more of an aberration than you do of what's going to be yeah and i think you know listen i'm not saying oh if the jays had kept guriel and moreno they'd be in the world series dude those guys they might and guriel has a very higher clutch hitting um the skill than most of the Jays, like he's he's pretty much a grand slam machine. Um and the Jays stink in runners in scoring position. So under that uh concept he might have had more success and contributed something different to the Jays. But the, they those two alone would not have brought them to the World Series. No. And I, I still think Varsho from a defensive standpoint, like the Jays were much, much improved in defensive runs prevented, which is great. It's just like you said, their bats went to sleep. Now, again, we've talked about this a little bit before. The interesting piece is Kiermaier's probably not coming back. You could slide Varsho to center. Mm-hmm. Do you make it run at Lourdes Gurriel coming back to the Toronto Blue Jays in left field? No, no chance. Whether you think he should, whether you want him to or whatever, I don't think he will. No, I'm saying. Well, I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, it sounds like Vladdy's a if, friend. Well, <laughs> fuck's sake! Like, it's like dealing with children. Um, yeah. If, if you give him enough money, yeah, I, I imagine Lourdes Gurriel would come back, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be interested in that. So, like, were, I, were you on the trade for T. Oscar train? No, God no. What what I want out of left field is a left-handed bat who can who has some pop. That's what I want. Cuz and I think that's what Varsho is supposed to be. Varsho is supposed to be a left-handed bat with some pop, which he is but wasn't consistent I mean, enough He's going to give you 22 home runs, but he's going to bat 220. Like that's right. the problem. You need there's only so many places in a lineup in baseball you can hide left-handed bats. In terms of like defensively because you can't play him at shortstop because that's just you know the way you got to shift your body. You'll take an extra split second. You don't play shortstop if you're short left-handed. I'm not breaking any uh, news here. I'm a left-handed so, bat, by the way, and I throw right. Sorry, what I mean? Not left. Generally speaking, if you're batting left, you're throwing left. That's not always the case in your case. Um, but a lot of times that is the case. Um, so what I'm saying is if you are a left-handed bat, a lot of times you have to hide them in left field. You have to hide you can, anywhere in the outfield, I suppose, or first base. And that's kind of the only options for a left-handed throwing player. I would be looking at someone who can hit for average, someone who can hit for pop. And to me right now, that's Cody Bellinger. Now, again, that's not a... Listen, I know, I know. Like, everyone in the league wants Cody Bellinger. I get that. And there's not a whole lot of guys like that who exist. But that's who I would be targeting. And um, I don't think it's impossible. And I also don't think... Shohei Otani is impossible. Not that I think he would be in left field. I think he probably is the Blue Jays' new DH slash first baseman. And actually, you can probably even put uh, Bellinger in first base because I would definitely be looking to trade Vladimir Guerrero. We're going down a different rabbit hole than I intended here. (laughs) I don't. We don't need to reconstruct the Toronto Blue Jays right now. But I think one of the solutions, to be honest, might in fact be um, Addison Barger at second base in terms of a left-handed bat. For sure. So, well, I mean, that's putting a lot on a young kid. But at some point, look at the... I know the Orioles were out quick. A lot of young kids there. But look at the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are young as fuck. 
Um, oh yeah. And at some point you gotta you gotta give guys a shot. We talked about this a little bit with Joseph Wall last week. Joseph Wall's been stellar so far, right? I'd like to take all the credit in the world for saying that Joseph Wall is going to be the start of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, <laughs> he is now the start. Of Maddie had the Luongo Chelsea dagger twitch. She was like, um, "I, I just, I, I don't believe in anointing a guy after three games." But no, I mean, but Corbin Carroll had three games, and then he had ten, and then he had fifteen, and then he had twenty, and now he's probably National League Rookie of the Year, right? And is off to a hell of a start in the playoffs. By the way, shout out to Kettle Marte for stealing the base and winning those Taco Fractors cards everybody free taco bell for life so uh, for, for the record it's ktel Marte, isn't it i thought it was well i was maybe i call him kettle <laughs> in any event like, i explain don't know this taco thing i've never again met anyone <laughs> yeah explain, explain the taco fractor <clears throat> okay so tops uh this year in a bunch of their sets had uh baseball cards had what's called a variation card or an insert and the insert was a picture of the player surrounded by tacos. And they were saying, if you pull this card and they were numbered to five. So there's only five of each player that had a card. And they said, hang on to these. We'll tell you what they're for later. So, um, Corbin Carroll had a taco fractor. So there were five of them out in the world. Ktel Marte had five of them out in the world somewhere and a bunch of other players on a bunch of different teams. Yada. yada. When the playoffs started tops announced that, Whoever stole the first base in the World Series, if you have that card, the Taco Fractor, you won Taco Bell for life, which was actually the equivalent of $15,000 gift card to Taco Bell. So I don't want to do the math on that. Like how many taco meals that would be? Like what if you like, so what is, is life meaning you'll have one Taco Bell meal a week? You can for, spend $15,000 in the fucking day, I imagine, if you want, but you just have $15,000. Oh, bro, bro that, that, that's, like, that's a month's worth of Taco Bell. Are you kidding? Yeah, and that's a well, month's well, worth Well, especially in Canada, plumbing. where our prices for everything is inflated, right? So a Taco Bell meal in Canada probably costs you 20 bucks. But if you US, go to the U.S. and you're, five bucks. Yeah, you're, just, you're getting a couple tacos and you're walking out, it, yeah, it probably costs Dude, you five if bucks. I, so if I had that card, though, in the U.S., I, I, every time I'd be like, hey, guys, my treat, Taco Bell. I'd be taking, like, family gatherings would be a Taco Bell. Like, graduation celebrations would be a Taco Bell. Post, <laughs> whatever, everything would be Taco Bell. Anniversary, you know, there's, Taco Bell. I think it's in Las Vegas, but there are some Taco Bell locations where you can get married. Good. I would use, I would so. see if the $15,000 would buy the services off the gift card. I'd put, be like, I'd be like, do you take this card? It... um. This website is tacobellwedding.com and the splash on the top says marriage is on the menu. <laughs> Your happily ever after begins at Taco Bell's flagship cantina in Las Vegas. The and, cantina ones have uh, alcohol too, right? And then Oh, there's a there's a pack that you get. Okay, so it gives you um there's a picture Justin of it. Found his future wedding spot. This is um this is something. So weddings must be booked at least four hours prior to the ceremony. So you have to start planning ahead. Time. All right. They got to start cooking. Uh, they don't actually provide a marriage license. So you'll need to go get one before the ceremony. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, you must provide at least one guest, blah, blah, blah. You can have up to 25 guests. You have 30 minutes of access to the chapel for your ceremony and reception. <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. 
And Taco Bell wedding purchases are not refundable. So they have an image here, what you get with it, I assume, just because the picture is attached to this uh, $777 wedding package. Uh, there's a couple t-shirts. One says Mr. and Mrs. I wonder if you can get two Mrs. and two Misters or, or whatever. There's a bouquet made out of Taco Bell hot sauce packets. Oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. And then when you're yes. done, you order the pink taco for your honeymoon to go. <laughs> Uh, there is tacos available as well. It's a, there's a twelve two references. I think it's two twelve packs of tacos. It's like little carrying uh, boxes of tacos, like a carafe um, of tacos. Yeah, sort of. Kind of reminds me of like the uh, Tim Hortons coffee yeah. takeaway thing, right? Uh, and then in terms of drinks, there are champagne flutes filled with uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Baja Blast, of course. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild, dude. I like how we went from talking about the World Series and the Blue Jays and Mourinho and Gurriel yeah. over to Taco Bell weddings. Listen, we go where the journey takes us. This is this is what you pay for when you uh, yeah exactly listen to forty three point six. <laughs> you never you never know where this conversation is going to go. Um, quickly, <laughs> just just very quick, who are you rooting for? Uh, either the Rangers or the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. I fucking hate the Rangers. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you too. Like, fuck the Rangers. And it's cool to see a young team where in baseball, you're so littered with, it takes you long to get there. And it's such a veteran driven league that it's nice to see a youngish team. Um, probably one of the more young teams to ever get to a world series, get there and, you know, have a chance here. So definitely the Diamondbacks. Um, but like just quickly, cause I know you guys were on it. I would just say the whole Atkins thing with Mourinho, I just think it's terrible asset management. I just think it's it is. it's it's to the point where there's more potential upside with what Mourinho was even within a year or two than Kirk would ever give you over whatever term. And you had Jansen in, mm-hmm. in case that didn't pan out. <clears throat> exactly. And that's why I don't understand. But borderline fireable offense. Uh, Diamondbacks is dude. I love watching Corbin Carroll play. I think he's an incredible, incredible baseball player and just fun to watch. What about you? I'm going to Arizona for sure. Uh, I, I can't in good conscience root for the Texas Rangers, who also, I think it was the Rangers, who said they're playing Creed before all their games. Ugh. Was that the Rangers? Positive. Who, if they are. Whoever it was. Did you know that Creed is doing a tour? Yes, yeah. they're doing a reunion tour. And um, they're coming to Toronto. You don't go and stop it. Get some help. So here's the thing. Uh, there was a pre-sale that is today as of recording. Um, or I get no <laughs> tomorrow as a, it doesn't matter. The pre-sale starts on Halloween and to get a pre-sale password, you have to go to their website and whatever. I went to the website and it was crashed. Like for Creed. Yeah, like the site traffic could not keep up or the site could not keep up with the traffic. I mean, so I'm just curious of like what these ticket prices are going to be and how quickly they're going to sell. And because like the Toronto dates, I can't imagine it's going to be a hot ticket, but they're playing Budweiser stage. And that so the reason why I want to go is the support is Finger Eleven and Big Wreck. And I think that would be fun to see those two bands. I don't give a flying fuck about Creed. Um, but I'm going to just 
take a gander Dude, at what ticket you know prices are. How many impact. fucking tank tops and double fisting beer chuggers want to sit on the lawn and just be like, home now? They're like, oh, they, and they'll just belt that shit out till fucking 1 a.m. Every fucking, you know, it's going to be nice. I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just saying, if we go to Las Vegas. And we are at a Taco Bell wedding, and we have 30 minutes for our reception. And someone plays anything off human clay. You're singing every fucking word of that song, brother. That's what I'm saying. Just go there. <laughs> Just what we say. No, I, I have a bitter, bitter hate for Creed. I don't know why. It's not like I they did anything to me. It's just I hear it, and I get triggered. And what I think of is I think of... 45 year old white Karen's getting too excited for this fucking band to play at Budweiser stage. Like, I don't understand the fascination. Yeah. (laughs) They should have done this at Roger center. Why am I going to Budweiser stage? Might as well be a real beer. Yeah. Creed is so big. They should have done Roger center. No, I meant more from like the, the fact oh, that the Budweiser? Like, yeah, um, I, I I was picking up what you're putting down there, James. I was, and I'm just so sick of them all. <laughs> Yo, come to come to Story of the Year. I don't want to do that. Yeah, you do. I just say that because I, I don't think I've ever listened to Story of the Year in my life, honestly. Like, I, I would probably know a song here and there, but like, well, I just start was... and then come. It's my birthday. Let's go. Yeah, start yeah. and come. It's his birthday. Uh-huh. That was my birthday present to him as I bought tickets for Story of the Year. All right, what's next? Yeah. The next thing is I want to tell you about our sponsor because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. And can't confirm, they do have Spider-Man stuff. I know we were talking about this last week, but if you're like uh, Maddie and I who have been playing nothing but Spider-Man for the past 30 hours of our life, uh, definitely check those out. Because they're sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. You visit now your treasures on Instagram, send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N O W Y O U R T R E A S U R E S.ca or .com. And remember, before you do, go to now your treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off your next order. The next thing on the list is the Toronto Raptors. Because there's been a few things worth talking about over the last week or so. Of course, the Raptors opened their season last week. I believe it was opening day when we last uh, recorded an episode, or approaching opening day at least. And immediately... It didn't take long for Darko Ryakovich to obtain his first NBA win in his career. So a uh, big round of applause for Darko. I think James looking for a button. I think he has a button. There we go. All right. The big embedded Twitch one. Um, that was cool, though. So, like, maybe I'll just quickly go over all the other things I want to mention, and we'll come back to uh, Darko. Nick Nurse returned to Toronto for the first time since uh, essentially being fired. And there are some interesting sound bites that came from that. And then the Raptors, or I guess the NBA, have showed off what their uh, in-season tournament is going to look like. So that's the where we're kind of going with the NBA here. We'll start with Darko. 
what I thought was interesting after the game, when he got the win and there was a celebration in the locker room, it didn't seem forced. It didn't seem disingenuous. It honestly felt like the players love this guy. And like, that's saying a lot considering he's been here for a cup of coffee. Like this guy got hired a few months ago, has barely done anything in terms like how can you in such a short period of time, but has already found a way to create a bond with these players. And they were so stoked to, for him to get that win. And if you haven't seen the clip, you should look it up because it's so fucking weird, but awesome at the same time. Super Saiyan. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the, the guy just runs into the middle of the locker room, just screams and they all jump him. And like, that was so fucking cool. It so looked like a, it looked like a blue Jays playoff celebration. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong with the locker room and Nick nurse. And I feel like this week has kind of showed that there was something there, but at the very least, I feel like this Raptors team is going to be very different uh, with Darko at the helm. I think it was with Nick Nurse. I think it was early success probably did a lot of set a lot of expectation, both for Nurse as well as the players that were there, because a lot of the guys that are that one stuck around for a while and are still there, mainly being Pascal. And so I think also what it did is, is to nurse you. It's hard not to probably have a bit of an ego after that, you know, your first head coaching gig and, you know, you have all these people, you know, pundits and things like that saying, oh, nurse is going to be a prime candidate when he's, you know, for a lot of coaching jobs and this and that. And although it may not be consciously, but subconsciously, I wouldn't be surprised if it created a little bit of, I guess not animosity, but a little bit of his interaction with players. Like I know I'm a champion and blah, blah, blah in my first year, like in his head. So it kind of maybe pushed some guys like that. Um, And like I said, it just created expectation, which just added pressure. Right. And then, you know, when you have grinding on guys like that for a while, it probably creates, you know, too much tension and, you know, phrase the relationship a lot. Cause that, that, that championship when is only going to last so long, like you get maybe one or two years of credit for that. And then after that, it's no one gives a shit. So yeah, I don't know. Let's think the, the guy went from having like a roster and a deep bench to basically a rebuild. Right. And, or at least a retool with players that were very different than the ones that he had where he had success. And I feel like Nick, it felt like Nick nurse wasn't in the business of cultivating players. And he, he just rode the horses he had because that's who he trusted. Like he wasn't in the, and I know we talked about this earlier. I think it was no more evident than Scotty Barnes's comments when talking about, you know, Nick nurse coming back and uh, I don't have the clip ready or anything, but they asked him, you know, was it nice to see him? He's like, I sure, I guess. <laughs> he said, I guess. Yeah, um, and Scotty was a guy who looks like he's really benefited thus far from the Ryakovich uh, game plan, where every game, I think he's averaging over 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a, playing very well defensively. Um, 
you know, he had a couple gaffes in the Chicago game where he gave the ball up on the turnover. Like the Chicago game, they could have won, and the refs kind of handed it to him. They kind of gave it away. But it just sounds like a lot of those guys, I mean, you know, they didn't get a lot of opportunity under Nurse, or it, it from the looks of it, it didn't sound like he had any interesting any interest in coaching them. So, you know, he wasn't he a developing to, coach, right? So he goes to Philadelphia where he doesn't have to develop anybody. Like they were they were contenders last year, um, and he, you know, and we'll see how that pans out for Philadelphia. But you know, I looking, I said this in the chat, looking at that Darko celebration, seeing guys get involved. Um, and the, like he's trying to go to a half court offense. Everyone touches the ball where the they used to be an ISO team, and they've kind of fallen back into some ISO situations. But that's neither here nor there. I think they'll figure it out. They they need to to get their shooters engaged and find out who their shooters are. I mean, they don't have a lot of good shooters. Um, I digress. But looking at that celebration, like you said, Dustin, it looked organic, and I things like that lead me to believe this team's going to win more games than we want them to. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, operative word being want them to. <laughs> that's a spooky scenario of this Raptors <laughs> team winning more games than we want them to because obviously we don't. Um, I Hold on. I should preface this by saying if all of a sudden Scotty Barnes is a top five player in the NBA and they have a legitimate chance of winning the NBA championship by all these guys coming out yes. of nowhere, fine. But yeah. what we're realistically assuming is that it's going to be a developmental year for Scotty Barnes. It's going to be a developmental year for Grady Dick. It's potentially the last year of Pascal Siakam. So like there's, it feels like a transitional year until they are make a next step. So what we're hoping is that they don't make the playoffs and they get a high draft pick. That's not in the, I guess that's in the top six because it's top six protected. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. Dude, the seventh Um, pick for them would be nightmare fuel. Yeah. Right. Spooky because that would automatically go to uh, the Spurs and that would not be fun. Could you but, imagine yeah. the Spurs? Oh my god, getting I know just, just laughing. I know the uh, laughing all the way to the bank for that one, but even Grady Dick in limited minutes has looked pretty good and, and quasi comfortable. So, I mean, they just they have to get these guys minutes. And I think Nick Nurse was more interested in in winning, and rightfully so, he was a championship coach than he was, you know, building the path. And maybe he, like Maddie, maybe he knew, like you said your success only lasts so long and maybe he feared that going through the ropes of a, a build or a development was only going to solidify him like as a, as more of a non-winner than a winner. And then it either he'd lose this job and, and mitigate his potential jobs in the future. So that's a good point. Cause it, the way you kind of look at it then is when you look at it from that point of view he's worried that he'll be associated as a guy that can only coach if you have star players like a Kawhi Leonard that his success is attached to Kawhi and not so much of him being a good coach so if he didn't capitalize now and he didn't kind of leverage the successes that he had exactly um and so like I think you're right also your camera shifted up (laughs) I know (laughs) But yeah, I, I just think it, it kind of fucked with, it was a weird situation um, and you can't blame the guy for it, but at the same time, it's, you'll see in Philly very quick what Nick Nurse is. And it's, it's also funny though, that Fred Van Vliet, um, you know, people have asked the players and I know you want to get to the court and the jerseys and stuff, Dustin. Well, no, that's actually where I was going next of who would you rather have right now, Fred Van Vliet or Dennis Schroeder and apologies to Schroeder. I was mispronouncing his name all last week. It's Schroeder. 
Yeah, no, it's they've been asked about like the differences now, and they say, well, people are we're passing the ball, you know, we're we're getting touches, we're trying to to move quick uh, through the system, with the implication that you know he even said like from a leadership perspective, there were guys, I forget who said this, it might have been Scotty as well. Um, it's different, blah blah blah, and the implication is that you know you heard a lot about selfishness last year. There's a whole thing that came out about some of the team is selfish and blah blah blah. And the what's been implied by players now is that it was Fred Van Vliet that was the selfish one. And one need look no further than, like you and I were talking, Dustin, about the Rockets game so far this year, where basically it's one v five with Van Vliet versus the world in Houston. So a lot of the criticism of Fred Van Vliet, I feel like also came from that like Nick Nurse Burner account, which I don't know was even real, to be fair. But I remember, so assuming it was real, I remember one of the like snippets was, yeah, Van Vliet was selfish with the ball, but he was Fred Van Vliet, so it was fine. But like when someone else like Gary Trent Jr. did it, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, because if you look at that Raptors team last year, it was it was Van Vliet's team. Uh, you can say it was Pascal's, but Pascal hasn't really been the guy to grab the team and say it's his, like for all intents and purposes, like, especially the guy who runs the offense. Like, it was Van Vliet's team last year. And but, Van Vliet was sort of Kyle's heir apparent. Like he was the Kyle's understudy. Like they were very right. similar. And seemingly didn't have an understudy because, again, Malachi Flynn must have done something horrible to uh, Nick Nurse at some point in their lives. So he refused to ever play Malachi Flynn. I don't know. Looking at it now, I think after three games, <laughs> it, it looks like Schroeder is a much better fit for the way this Raptors team is currently playing. And possibly now, a lot of that can change. And like, credit sure. to, yeah. to Masai and Bobby Webster, if, wherever the pro scout is, for identifying maybe some, I, he was one of the best players in the, the FIBA tournament. The one that uh, the, the was it the World Cup. I don't know what the fuck. World Championship basketball FIBA. Yeah, I think it's the Germany. World Cup. Like he was really good. Um, Could have been Darko too. Been like, I know this guy. I've seen him. I've scouted him. I want him. There, yeah, they're they. He's all intents and purposes. Like to be honest, there's been no Raptor that's been shitty out the gate. They've had some. Eh, bad Pascal, runs. Pascal's not looked good two three games in. Right, but he it's again it's different. They're not running ISO for Pascal every fucking play. So he's he's Well then he but if it be exactly if he wants to be a top level guy and paid like one and be treated like one, if they're not running a system that you're used to, adapt. Yeah. Figure it out. Exactly. I've liked the way Jakob Pertles looked. I like the way um like I said, Scotty's been playing well in limited minutes, great. Malachi Flynn has more minutes this year than I think he's had his entire Raptors career. Um haven't watched too much of his minutes, but we'll see. I mean, they're fun to watch, um, you know, from that perspective. The Chicago game was wild, if not irritating as fuck. But, yeah. I am, and we'll see them in nice gold jerseys. Yeah, those gold jerseys, I'm uh, still unconvinced are attractive. Uh, I still get, like, the a Dijon mustard vibe when I look at them. Um, however... It's going to be quite the contrast because the NBA revealed today that all the teams involved, which is, I mean, all of them uh, involved in the in-season tournament is going to have a very, uh, it's going to have a different and colorful 
specialized court that they're going to play on. And in some cases, like there's purple courts and there's blue courts and there's green courts and red courts. Like entire court is a, a bright color. And then there's like a secondary color that rips up the middle that has, I suppose that's the championship trophy. It's God, it just feels so pro wrestling to me. It's like, here's a made up trophy that you guys are going to fight for. And like in these the Andre the Giant matches, Battle but... Royal, pal. Make <laughs> right? sure everybody gets it's... a paycheck at Mania. It's the, the greatest Royal Rumble championship, pal. Um, that I think Braun Strowman is still a champion of after five years or whatever it was. However, while there's a whole bunch of fun colors, the Toronto Raptors are one of a few teams that just have a gray court. It's just gray. I, I think it's because the jerseys are gold. I think it's meant to make the jerseys pop. That's my guess. <sighs> I want to believe you, but I'm looking at other options where like Utah is purple and their jersey's purple. So, it, yeah, but that might know. be tactical. <laughs> so they can what, like camouflage right? or something? Yeah, <laughs> just come find us. Where is he? I don't know. I don't think I don't think it works like that. Like when you're playing basketball, you don't have a bird's eye view. Like you'll see the purple jerseys in front of you. Right, but that's... maybe maybe the court's mostly black with the gray strip down the middle. I mean, maybe and, it's black, but even then, like, it just I reminds it me of. Yeah, it, that it, has to be black. Yeah, it's probably black. And just the, the way the image is shared on uh, on the Internet, that it looks a little uh, lighter than it actually is. But even then, you want a black court? It, it's it, it's not the point. I, I get like <laughs> I get it. It's it's an artistic choice and it's not for everyone. And some people like it and some people won't. I just every time something like this happens, I just feel like the Raptors are like this, you know, store on the side of the face of the NBA that they just don't give a fuck. But and maybe it was someone in the marketing who submitted it. They were like, hey, here's what the criteria no. is. It's the it's OVO. At the end of the day, it's the OVO branding. It's the OVO colors. It's and that's what sells. I mean, for you're right, from marketing, that's where it's coming from. But it's coming from their let's say let's be honest, their biggest asset, right? And they're gonna lean into that. And that's Marketing 101. Okay, look, I'm not even necessarily saying don't lean into the OVO stuff. That's fine. No gray. I just, I just want a bit of creativity. That's all. And this is oh, more look, of a, a criticism key, of... Listen, the key is the trophy. But that's that's the key on every court. Okay, so I didn't see every court. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah the other courts all have them. the trophy in it. Yeah, has the greatest Royal Rumble championship like on the, on the key and uh, at center court as well as the... The greatest Royal Rumble championship ever. Listen, um, at the end of the day, so it's, it's there to sell jerseys, man. And if the jerseys pop and then Drake wears one on the sidelines, then success. Like, they don't give a fuck. Like, that's... Dude, they could lose one... They lose They lose the first game of the tournament and be out. Nobody gives a shit. They sell a gajillion jerseys. That's what matters. I still like the idea of this tournament, in-season tournament. Like, the first one may not go off as well as they're hoping but i like the fact that they're trying something different yeah they'll need to iterate on it for sure but yeah i mean maybe i will tune into random games in november december right i don't know we'll see that's the thing if it increases viewership and interest even by two percent they're happy right i mean we're talking about it so there's there's that well, alone we're talking about the court <laughs> no, but like the fact that we're still talking about the in-season tournament. Yeah. Like it's it's drawing conversation at the very least. 
Yeah, if not, I'm not a at huge... the very least curiosity, right? Yeah. And I don't know. It's just... I all I'm saying is I want some like creativity. And it's it's not just the Raptors, even though I think the Raptors get the least attention in the NBA, obviously, for obvious reasons. But I think the NBA deserves an entire overhaul of how they do things like this because like they showed off every single city jersey the other day. They're all atrocious. Yeah. It's 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 almost like the NBA has set out a mandate and said, No no logos can be on jerseys. Text only. <laughs> it's just every single jersey says Raptors or Miami or it's very it's just, college. It's what what are we doing here? We're just using comic sans and typing in letters and putting on a jersey and saying, Done. Like why isn't it I don't know. I just feel like there's so yeah. much more you can do. And the Raptors and have sucks. this like legacy branding yeah. that's so cool. beloved and yeah, I, like at the time, and colorway. Like, yeah, what is this? And now it's the coolest. Um, yeah, like the purple, the purple with the black, silver, and red accents is so good. And they could have leaned into that for the court, you know, with the history of the team and stuff like that. But as Jim said, it's it's probably a lot to do with Drake and the branding of OVO to be a part of that. So, um, the question actually came up the other day, of. Because this is something I always wondered of the MB- the Raptors championship run in 2019, where they decided to wear like that random red jersey that they never wore all fucking year. And it, it drove me nuts because you couldn't buy one in the store because it, it was like a, a one game thing where they wore it in the regular season and never wore it again. And then playoffs came around. They wore it every game in the playoffs. Supposedly, it was because it was red and like teams who wear red typically do better in the NBA finals. I'm like, okay, okay sure. Like literally, that was the reason that I heard from a person who worked for the Toronto Raptors. Scientifically proven so, now. Sunday red. That's- out, like they won the NBA championship, so I can't even criticize. Do you know how many I'm Masters? Just, I wish I was able to buy that fucking jersey. That's all I'm saying. Do you know how many Masters Tiger won wearing red on a Sunday? Yeah, Every single one of them, because he only wears red on a Sunday. It works out well for the Blue Jays too, wearing red, doesn't it? Not quite. Um, if you ask some people, I. They probably will say that the red prime bottle is better than all the other flavors. Um, I honestly think the the blue one is probably the best. Ice pop, sir. Rocket. I know Maddie's gonna say fucking green. Like no, you know, green or rocket for me. Green or rocket for me. The rocket is pretty solid. Like I feel like if you're going, forget prime bottle. Like if you're going to an ice cream truck right now, and they're like, hey, you can have a a green popsicle or a red popsicle. Or a rocket or a blue popsicle. Green. You're taking fucking rocket all day long. No, I legitimately, I'm taking green. I once spent like a whole weekend hunting down lime popsicles in the city. And I found them at Hasty Mart down at Church in Wellesley. What are we doing? Having fucking green popsicles. This is just, this is madness. I'm a man of culture, sir. <laughs> um, if you hadn't heard, this past weekend, out of nowhere, because I don't think this is like... They spent like a lot of time planning fucking this. prime drinkers in the province, and and we had no idea. No not idea. that I would have gone down there, for the oh. record. Yeah, yeah, you would have. No, I definitely would not have. I can like, area. I love prime. <laughs> Sign my bottle. <laughs> it's rocket. It's the best flavor. I call the area of town Psychoville for a reason, and I, I, I guess I do frequent that area if I have to like go to movies, or go to the movies or something. But if I, I don't. Have to. <laughs> There's only so many places you can see a movie in the, in the city. So sometimes you have to go to 
Psychoville. Nevertheless, um, in seemingly very short notice, Logan Paul and KSI said, hey, we're going to go to Toronto. We're going to be in Psychoville and we're going to be there tomorrow at noon. And then obviously thousands of people show up at Psychoville and uh, to, I don't know what, to look at them on stage and then they left. <laughs> like, I don't know exactly what, like I know they said they're going to give out free, uh, a bottle of free prime to whomever showed up, uh, the first couple thousand people, whatever. But one of the things that came out of this whole uh, scenario was that Logan Paul said that they had signed a Toronto Maple Leaf to a prime... I don't know, endorsement's the right word or agreement or what have you. But he couldn't tell you who it was. And then a whole bunch of people are yelling out names. And he said, I heard it. I heard someone say it, but I can't tell you who it is. My question to you is, who do you think it will be? And who would you say it should be in if you can take any Maple Leaf ever in the history of the Maple Leafs, who do you think would be a good fit for the Prime brand? Um, but firstly, who do you think it actually will be? It's a toss-up between two guys. It's a toss-up between Matthews or potentially Nylander. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I think it's those two. Um, Marner has a deal with Red Bull, so I don't think... Unless it expired. Unless it's expiring, which might make sense. Might be why he can't say it. Because he's got to wait for the Red Bull deal to expire, so that yeah. actually actually might make a lot of logical sense. So it could be Mitch Marner, um, but I think it only makes sense if, if it's not Marner, one of those two guys. I can't see Morgan Riley or John Tavares being the guy, and I don't think anyone else on that team carries the cachet. Maybe a Max Domi, maybe. I mean, if he's if him and his dad are big enough for OVO, then I imagine they can do prime. So maybe Max, but I I would imagine they would want a guy who's committed to the Maple Leafs being one of the bigger franchises in the world. So I also think it was part of that kind of culture in terms of, you know, the era of where they came from. So I think like Riley Tavares, they're kind of the older statesmen don't really fit the bill of what a prime athlete would be for them. Cause like, look, Irvin Holland and Israel Adesanya are two other guys that are signed to prime. And I mean, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't hold up a poster with Holland, Adesanya, John Tavares, right? Like it just, it doesn't flow. You know, Matthews is the GQ guy. He's the fashion guy. The only thing is, is, yeah, you, he has us and Canadian kind of ties. Dude, he was just Um, on Pat McAfee. Like if if prime's going to sign a guy, I would sign Austin Matthew. hundred percent. I just think he's very, very selective of his partnerships and endorsement deals um austin matthews is so i mean that's the only kind of i would say slight against it being him is they may say you can't afford him although it doesn't make sense but like austin matthews or he may just in terms of image may not want to do it i know but they could say oh this is our budget for you and they could be like well i'm actually this I feel right. like Prime could afford anyone they want just because like the most recent Mr. Beast video, they had a Prime advertisement in a Mr. Beast video. And like historically, those advertisements are stupid expensive. Like I remember seeing an interview with Mr. Beast saying like advertisers were like scoffing at how much money he was charging for advertisements. And he's like, well, we do twice as much viewership in the Super Bowl in one fucking day. So what are we talking about here? 
Mm-hmm. So I, I just know it costs a lot of money. So I can see that uh, money not necessarily being an issue for Prime. But if it was me, I, I, I originally thought, okay, Austin Matthews slam dunk answer is no ways anyone but Austin Matthews. But I really like the William Melander idea. Um, he just has because, that demeanor. Yeah, I feel like he, he, I think he would fit the brand well. And I think it also could be a sneaky fucking move by the Maple Leafs of it's not just, Ooh. hey, sign an extension Ooh. and you'll get X. This is facilitated it's, by the... <laughs> it's, we will help you get all these endorsement deals. And the only reason you have these endorsement because deals that you're getting right now you not us. at the end of the year. You're getting this money right now because mm. you're a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah, if you're, you're not getting fucking, this in Arizona or no, if, Buffalo, if, if Ottawa senator, you ain't yeah. getting shit from Logan Paul. If you're a St. Louis Blue, you're not getting anything from Logan Paul. Honestly, outside of maybe being a New York Ranger, he probably wouldn't get the same deal. Like not no. even being in Montreal. And this isn't like a, a Toronto uh, podcast thing. This is a real thing a that fact. exists. If we're talking about the most valuable franchise in hockey, and listen, if we're putting up hockey franchises against baseball franchises and basketball franchises and NFL, NFL <laughs> franchises, it's nothing. No. But if we're talking about the best franchises in the game, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs and it's Maybe New York Rangers. Rangers are next. Um, I, I people want to say Montreal, but like because Montreal is so niche, niche in terms yeah. of their audience and and from a marketing perspective, it wouldn't make sense for a big brand to target Montreal because it's a French speaking audience. And maybe you want to penetrate the French audience, so maybe that's the thing they would look into. But you're not looking into it as a wide appeal. No, but there's if you're so many to people pen- penetrate a French audience. You sign you sign someone from PSG. Right, yes. like you get like Mbappe. Yeah, you're doing it right. So, I, I hear the Nylander thing kind of makes sense. You asked the question about historical, and I was just yeah. I got to get this off my chest. The one guy that immediately came to mind was Joffrey Lupul. I was like, oh. Joffrey Lupul would have been a prime guy. Oh yeah, he prime boy. Right, my, the first guy that I thought of was similar, and David Clarkson was my prime boy. Oh yeah. He I mean, just total degenerate on the ice and a bit of a fucking goof at times. That's our water bottle. Imagine if that water bottle was a prime bottle. <laughs> Honestly, you guys just a reenactment, <clears throat> but it's prime. I thought Darcy Tucker classic oh, would have been a perfect that prime guy. Too. Ooh, that, I like that. All right, one. Logan, uh, Logan, you uh, contact our PR people and we'll set you know this who up. Never we'll... have been Gary Roberts. No. He's... He's a uh, he's a biosteel guy, isn't he? Well, nah, uh, bankrupt. bankrupt so he sold biosteel. R.I.P. I mean, they still have their towels all over other team benches and shit. So, I mean, bankruptcy usually just means that they don't dissolve as a company because GNC claimed bankruptcy and they're still around. It's well, usually Walmart. just, yeah, but they still yeah, exist, it, right? It's just a protection, and you try to get your ship righted, and yeah. you know, a lot of times you can. So it's not impossible. Look at the Venus uh, Coyotes. <laughs> anybody else? Tucker would have been a good. A lot of those leafs from those like late nineties, early two thousands would have been perfect. Brian McCabe, Brian yeah. McCabe would have been a prime guy. Oh sure. man, you have the like mohawk? different color mohawks for different yeah. color prime bottles. Brian McCabe, uh, Shane Corson probably would have been a prime boy. 
you know, we're just describing players that we liked as Maple Leafs, and I wish we had more of, like a Brian Marchment or a Brian McCabe or a, a Wade Belak or, you know, a Darcy Tucker. And yeah, unfortunately, a couple of them are no longer with us. It's pretty fucking crazy. Um, and, you know, well, speaking Wendell? of, I guess, I guess that's nah, a good Wendell, transition. Wendell would be the shit out of Logan Paul. But I had a great transition there, but we'll just uh, let's pretend like that never happened. There is obviously a story that's been floating around the NHL that is uh, sad, of course. Um, and it raises questions of, you know, should there be mandatory equipment changes in the NHL because of the what happened. So if you're unaware, uh, Adam Johnson, who played for the NHL, it played in the NHL briefly uh, during a game. And it was in game in England, right? Yeah. Uh, was cut on the neck with a skate blade and passed away. Because of that, Obviously, there's a lot of discussion around whether neck protection should be added into the uh, required protection for all hockey players. Now, there are some teams and leagues who've already said we're doing it. Like it's it's 100. It's 100 mandatory. You must wear neck protection going forward. Uh, the English Hockey League specifically today said that they are now mandating neck guards for all for uh, for all players. After this incident, which uh, obviously they, I think they have to do because I mean, the incident happened on their ice. Uh, it would be crazy for them to not to. Uh, we've seen some players in the the AHL starting to wear neck guards uh, after this. It's not unheard of in terms of changing the equipment in the sport because of an incident where someone got hurt. Right? Like we've seen visors become mandatory. Brian Burrard was the big one, yeah. Yeah, when Brian Burrard got hit in the eye, that was and was blinded. I don't know if temporary blind. I don't know if he's still blind or whatever the case. But like, I'm pretty sure he is. And if like if he has any vision, it's like fifteen percent. Right. Like, so and that got had to be grandfathered in. Like there was a number of players who uh, didn't want to wear it, and it just became one of those things where if you're entering the league, you have to wear one. Still doesn't. Yeah, Reeves is Reeves still doesn't wear one. eh? He's one of the last guys. He's not wearing it. Yep. Interesting. I mean, I didn't realize that. Getzloff didn't have one. Uh, Ryan yeah, O'Reilly Getzla- doesn't have one. Yeah, O'Reilly doesn't have one. Joe Thornton Fuck didn't. Ryan mm. <laughs> Fuck Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he lost us the game on Saturday. An- another great example of, I know this is off topic, but I just got to get this out there. Another great example of anytime the Maple Leafs are playing a game, it behooves you to look at the roster of the team they're playing and just look for former Maple Leafs. And... Brian O'Reilly with a couple goals the other night, and the night before that is Mason Marchment. Because of course, recent, it will the be. better too. Like if they're recent, it's almost yeah. a lock. Oh yeah. So <clears> just, <throat> some, just something to keep in mind. It always seems to happen uh, against the Maple Leafs. Uh, not just so not just Brian Berard with the visors, but if you go way further back, how many times goaltenders weren't wearing helmets and they got yeah. hit in the face a lot? And they said, you know what? Let's start wearing helmets on goaltenders. And now everyone just wears a helmet as a goaltender, and it because it would be stupid not to wear one. I don't know if that's the direction we're going, but it, I, it, it seems to make sense to me because it's not like an intrusive piece of equipment that it used to be. I understand what the argument may have been 
20 years ago of what the neck guard was and how it didn't it made you fucking robocop you know like you couldn't move your head around dude it was i can tell you it was the most annoying fucking thing back in the there day there were two kinds though there was the there's the thin the strip, black one the strip yeah and then there was the one that went down here yeah and then there's also the white one that you could buy that was like by coho oh or some it was sh- like a tube it was like a thick fabric tube. It, it looked like those uh, things that linebackers used to have. The, the, yeah. The, the neck brace thing. And it added like two inches to your neck. It was, it sucked so hard. But anyway, sorry, continue on with your. Oh, no, I'm just saying like, do you see the NHL mandating this going forward? Maybe not this season, but maybe start of next season, this would be grandfathered in. Probably. I, it's hard to say. It's hard to say yes for sure. But then we also were the age group where they grandfathered visors in, and we were all like, oh, that won't happen. Players won't allow it. This may be a thing that the NHL says you don't have a choice. You know, Dude, they already wear them in junior, right? Like it's mandated in junior, I think. Well, it's or, in, the, in the tournament, it is not in the yeah, O or in the tournament, it is. Yeah. So, like, these guys have a history of wearing it. My thing is, like, what. First of all, they're having the discussions for sure. The PA and the league are definitely there's emails flying back and forth now about should we do this? Can we do this? What do we? What does it look like if we do? Blah blah blah. Reaction, etc. I'm just gonna ask the question: What's the drawback? Now, I mean, for, for us as fans, it, it literally means nothing. So you see a little black, white, blue, red strip, whatever. Honestly, if the NHL wants to do this, they can say, "Hey, look, this is what we're gonna do." You do the neck guard, we'll pay a company like Bauer or Reebok, Easton, whatever, to manufacture the lightest, most... The best one con- possible. Convenient neck guard you can ever think of that you will never notice the feel of it. But like, the technology player, is so much better. But as a player, you and I, playing significant amounts of hockey in our lives, yeah, I can't, I can't think of a time where I was like, man, fuck. Like, even the most annoying ones, I was never like fuck this fucking like i was never but that's also because we wore them super loose yeah but i'm just saying if it's built into your shirt right like I, like me, the thomas mechanic turtleneck everyone that's has the only that. drawback is that everyone's gonna look like that fucking dingleberry is gonna everyone's gonna look like <laughs> thomas mechanic who congrats on a career he retired this week <laughs> yeah but so what i'm what i'm saying is what i'm getting at is, is it's twofold nhl can be the technology has gotten so much better than since mm. when we were younger that they could make this thing like Kevlar line that weighs like five grams. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the back of the socks, I have the Kevlar socks and I don't even notice a difference than regular socks. If anything, they're lighter and they breathe better than regular socks. The other thing too, is the NHL can look at it as an opportunity to add some marketing to it. Be like, Hey, Bauer does it. And then we throw on like milk on the side (laughs) of it or whatever. Or I a hundred percent agree. That's, that's exactly where I was going. Prime would be a great one. Um, what I think, it, I mean, it's just another ad space, right? Yeah. Instead of putting an ad on the sweater, you can put it on the neck guard or an additional one because they've, I mean, as Maple Leafs, for example, they have the milk on the sweater and then the TikTok on, on the bucket. Oh, TikTok's off the helmet. Or Scotiabank now on the bucket. Yeah, I think it's whatever, Scotia. Yeah. yeah. So whatever the case, like you have another spot now where you can add an advertisement. I think that's a way to sell it to the league. One of those advertisements could be Bet99. It mm-hmm. could be FanDuel. It could be all the hundreds of different sports betting books that the NHL willingly puts on their sweaters and puts on their on their helmets 
and puts all over the boards and sponsors every advertisement you see while you're watching sports. You will see a betting advertisement. The only problem is that the players themselves are not allowed to bet on anything. Um, this, of course, is on the heels of the story of Shane Pinto, who played for the Ottawa Senators, currently was a strict free agent, I believe. He didn't actually have a contract to play this season. But um, was flagged for having a suspicious account, a betting account, uh, while being an NHL player, sort of. And that's the weird thing about this story. It's because he's not currently playing in the NHL. But he did get a 41-game suspension for um, his involvement in this alleged gambling uh, situation here. He put out a statement, he being uh, pronouns, pal, he being uh, Pinto, saying, I want to apologize to the National Hockey League, the Ottawa Senators, my teammates, the fans of the city of Ottawa, and most importantly, my family. I take full responsibility for my actions and look forward to getting back to the ice with my team, Pinto said in a statement. So he's not denying it. Um, the only th There's still a couple questions, though. And I don't know if we are going to ever get the answers to these questions. Because it's still not entirely clear on what he bet on. And how he made these bets. That's the, the part that's a little, a little sketchy still. Because the Ottawa Sun had an article about this. And... It said that his gambling account was in the U.S. And obviously playing for the Ottawa Senators, he'd be in Canada. So there's, there's something interesting there. Uh, it was flagged by the NHL Integrity Protection Partner, which alerted the league because of unusual activity. Now, <laughs> there's a whole lot of what the fuck unusual activity could mean. Um, what I could presume... Um, unusual activity could be is using a VPN to connect to your American service to place these bets. That could be unusual activity. It could be someone using his account for him. So like he's theoretically in auto in the press box in Ottawa. He's not currently playing, but he's at the arena. But at the same time, his account that's registered to him is placing bets at the same time. So it's like, well, you can't be doing both those things at the same time. I think it's also worth mentioning that uh, Pinto is an American citizen. <laughs> so, like, it's possible he's always had a, a, a U.S. betting account, right? So, like, it's, it's not unusual for him to have a, a betting account from another country. It's not like he's trying to do anything underhanded. It's like he literally just always had this account is my assumption. But, again, a lot of assumptions going on because we don't have a whole lot of information on this story. Um, it's just, it rubs me the wrong way because of the NHL's heavy involvement in sports gambling and the advertisements they have everywhere. The man literally wears an advertisement for a sports book on his helmet when he plays hockey mm -hmm. until we hear specifically what he bet on. And, and if any way he was able to affect the outcomes I don't know if this deserves a suspension. So you're allowed to bet on things in the NHL, just not hockey. Like guys have 
tons football. like they do gambling through fantasy football. Like if you look up the NHL rule book, you're allowed to bet on any sport that isn't the NHL. So or ties to the NHL. Or with ties to the NHL. Right. So to me, that means it's focused in hockey. Number one. Number two, I I posited this before that maybe he was like throwing games or something, but then I hockey's probably the hardest sport to like have an effect on the like a negative impact on the game unless you're like atrocious right like right because he'd be out there like like looking like fucking uh the dude from home alone 2 on the goo like he'd be like slipping and sliding everywhere looking like a moron or, or taking a lot of penalties but after three straight penalties your coach is sitting you right so like your your effect on the game to throw is and I, my guess is that he was probably having somebody betting on games maybe like mid game or on something or something with knowledge, like you guys were thinking about before. I don't know. It, it just seems I, I'm struggling to figure out exactly what it could be to necessitate this kind of suspension. The, the argument that the NHL is sponsored by betting people and, Oh, now you're suspending dude. If you're betting on your sport, like fucking Pete Rose is gone from the fucking hall of fame. They're not sponsored by, any betting and he has the heaviest punishment in the world. Well, the so, black Sox too, right? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying that I don't think the sponsorship thing has anything to play with it. Cause you know, I, I'm not allowed to insider trade at my work. <laughs> right. But I can trade anywhere else. Like that to me, that's kind of a similar concept. It's, it's well, no, I, ju- I just mean it's the optics of it is, Bet, 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 bet. Look at this. You may make a bet. If you want to make yeah. a bet, use this service. Okay. And, bet too. Oh, shit. You made a bet. Don't he, do that. He can. he can bet. No, he can bet too. He can bet on football. He can bet on baseball. He can right. bet on basketball, but don't bet on hockey. It's the one thing you know you're not supposed to do. It's I not hypocritical like, at all. Okay. Here, no, 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 no. Hold on. It, okay. So what they're telling the players is you cannot bet on hockey, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, and I'm asking the question. I could be, I, I don't, I, this is a question, not a statement. Yeah. What difference does it make if he bets on a game between the Dallas Stars and the Columbus Blue Jackets? He's privy to information that uh, the rest of the public does not have. You Such know, as. you know, if, okay. If, say, tomorrow night, Leafs Kings, all of a sudden, Drew Doughty's not playing. Why? Undisclosed injury upper body injury, right? Us as the public in the team and the league wide, no, ex- like, or, you know, like public people outside of the game don't know. All they know is upper body injury and rumors and things that go around. Players inside the league on other teams know exactly what he's hurt with. They just know it's part of the rules in terms of the, I guess, for lack of a better term, honoring of the brotherhood, you don't talk about it outside of that. You don't tell people, you don't, you know, go around and say things. So it's very easy for him to be like, Hey, Kings are going into Toronto tonight. Doughty's on the ice, but he's nursing a high ankle sprain. He's not going to be able to move. He's going to be able to get torched. Here's another one. Let's say he bets on a bunch of games in the NHL and he wins a lot. Like questions are going to be asked. And so you you want to avoid those questions, right? So you can't like the best way to do it is just eliminate yourself from it. Also, the only scenario I think you could really affect a game is if your boys with the goaltender, let a few soft ones in pal. I got the over 
right? Like there's yeah, like say say you're up six to one and the over is eight. Be like, hey, we're up six to one. There's two minutes left. Let a couple in. You know what I mean? Like it's possible. You just you right, don't, but you don't want to open the door to that. No, I understand. But what I'm saying is that that's and this is a very specific scenario. But in that scenario of the over and letting in goals, I feel like you need to have direct contact with the goaltender in that moment, Dude, or your previous everyone's for the game. text message. No. I, I Not guess during the, the moment, game. sure. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I guess during no, it's, the game, sure. But what I'm I guess what I'm saying is you don't want to open the door to that. You don't want to open the door to questions. Like I said, well, P. Rose says he never bet on his own team. Although there is um <laughs> Jameson, I don't remember what player Jameson was. Jameson Williams and all those guys were were betting on NFL games, and that's why they're suspended. Well, no, I mean, this week in the NFL, there is a player who like he like fumbled the football or something. And there's a fan who like sent him a DM like trolling him, and he responded like during Dude, the game. It was Kenneth Gainwell in in. It's Gainwell. That's what? <laughs> it's like, put your phone down. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple guys I think in golf who just got nailed for this too, like this week as well. Like they're banned from tournaments for X amount of time for like six months because they got nailed for this. The thing is, is the NHL is saying don't not. They're not saying don't bet. They're saying guys, don't fucking bet on hockey. You don't just don't want to invite the questions, invite the problems, invite. It's too much. I know, but okay, but here's okay. It's like if you're a lawyer, there's certain things you can and can't do. If you're a doctor, there's certain things you can and can't do. There's certain professions where it's understood that, hey, when you're involved with this as your profession, you can't do this. It's the same thing. No, I, I, I'm, I get it. I totally get it. I just think that. Gambling for some people can be a problem, yeah. right? Just like alcohol can be a problem for some people. Drugs can be a problem for some people. Yeah. I just think the optics of it are funny to me in that an advertisement is supposed to influence you to do something. Yeah, you, not him. And he gets still right, but But he's not immune to the advertisement because he... He's right. part of it. So like the advertisement go, can still be susceptible to him. So right. what I'm saying is the NHL is making all this money on these advertisements, mm-hmm. trying to convince people to gamble. And then when a guy ends up gambling and being influenced by their message on yeah. his sport, though, like you're, you're I, leaving I, that out. I know. I get that. I'm just saying the the addiction doesn't give a fuck what your occupation is. Like if you are. I see susceptible to this sort of thing and it's a disease and a sickness and the NHL is you're, driving you're, it down your fucking kind throats. Of poking the bear. Yes, I see what you're saying. It's but just, then by that by that context, then they should not allow alcohol advertisements. No, they probably shouldn't. <laughs> they probably shouldn't. I'm just it, so imagine the optics of that though. Imagine the optics of a player like getting a, a drunk driving accident. Ask Danny Heatley. <laughs> and he but no, but this is before and so a good example, but I mean, now take a Danny Heatley example in today's modern day of a guy who's wearing, you know, uh, insert beer brand here on his sweater, and that happened to be the product he was drunk with that he ended up smashing his car around, and that car happens to be a, a sponsor as well. I'm fairly certain that car sponsor would say, "What the fuck is going on here, NHL?" So there's, uh, and again, you can I say, "Well, you shouldn't be driving drunk." Of course, you shouldn't be driving drunk. And of course, yeah. you should be betting on your own team or your own sport or whatever. I do. I'm just I do saying. Want to see. From the if, if he has some sort of an addiction, then sure. 
If he's just a fucking moron, then he's a fucking moron. Like those are two Agreed. also two different things, right? And yes. we don't know which one that is. No. The but, thing and we is, don't know what he even, he even bet on. Right. The so fact like, that it was 41 games though, mm-hmm. and they NHL, and it came from the article from Chris Johnson on The Athletic where it said it was a negotiated settlement on his suspension and not something that was disciplinary, which right. to me says they're like, we have this. It's not good. This is what we're going to offer you for a suspension, which to me says Pinto looked at this and his agent and anyone around him and was like, this would not look good at a third party arbitrator. And not just that, the second you go that route, it becomes public. Everything that he had done, everything that he was involved with would have become public. And he's probably sitting there thinking, because part of the agreement was signed confidentiality. They can't talk about it on or off the record. Probably just like, I will take I'll, this and eat it. I'll tell you now, he's also yeah, going to take a qualifying offer too. Oh yeah, that that discount, he's going to get off, which now makes more sense of why he wasn't signed in the, in the summer. Because... You know, they started this investigation in the summer and it's not like the NHL sat there and was like, we're going to investigate this and not tell the senators. You know, they probably went to Ottawa and said, hey, we've been made aware of this. Something isn't right. We're going to be investigating. And so Ottawa probably just framed it as, look, we're at an impasse and whatever. Now they're going to go to him and be like, here's our best offer. You better fucking take this. Yeah. So it is worth mentioning that much like a legal case, if there's a settlement, it doesn't necessarily um, imply guilt. No. Right? So to be fair to Pinto, he hasn't been proven to have done anything wrong yet. That day may come. <laughs> but well, well, at this moment... He took the go away stuff. Right. So like I'm just saying, before we crucify this guy, uh, let's, to be fair... But we, I, don't, I don't think you take that if you, there's nothing there. You no, don't accept what? a 41 game suspension. You might suspension. just to put the thing to rest too. That's what I'm saying. You have to or, to, or to protect other people who may be involved in the whole rig. Because again, if he's betting using an American service, there has got to be at least one Through other party proxy. involved. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm just saying like he's not necessarily guilty until he's proven guilty, but he probably is guilty. Well, it's whatever. not a good look. <laughs> we don't know. It's not a good look. We don't know what officially he did, but we do know they had a 41 game suspension. I think it's kind of funny the way. Funny, not like in a fun, like a, a hilarious way, but funny in like a hmm kind of no, way. No, I know optically it raises questions yeah. to be like the hypocrisy of it all, but I think it's it, it'd be one thing if they outlawed all betting and said, "Look, guys, no casino, especially when you have a team in Vegas, right? Where you know it's." But the fact that they're just like, "Guys, do whatever the fuck you want. Don't touch the sport. the The integrity of the sport in that degree." Like, leave it alone. Do whatever the hell you want. Go to casino, blow your money like Evander Kane or whoever at a casino and do whatever the shit you want. We don't care. Just keep your nose out of hockey and we're good. And they have educators that go into them at the beginning of every season and throughout the season to talk to them about not just don't gamble on your sport, but gambling as a whole to say, you guys have a lot of money available to you. Like, understand the risks that come with that and, you know, it's not like these guys don't have resources available to them to get help if they need it too, right? So, And usually on this podcast, we do tell you what we think your bets should be the next week. <laughs> and if you look back at last Ooh. week's bets, um, I am pleased to announce that I have gone eight for eight 
thus far in eight weeks in the NFL. I picked the Ravens over the cards. I know what a huge upset that could have been. Oh. But nevertheless, the Ravens pulled it out. I am eight for eight. Uh, Maddie picked up a victory as well. He got the Jets over the Giants in what seemed like an impossibility. Zach Wilson somehow, somehow, some way, the Jets pulled it out I'm over uh, the Giants. Did you play that in three different browsers? How did that come out so echoey? <laughs> I don't know. It went like three times. Well, I'm gonna try that again. Long story short, the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. That's a promise. There you go. He he did it. He did it for uh, effect. Yeah, yeah that's spooky. exactly it's the spooky, spooky edition. And James picked the Texans over the Panthers, which did not happen. The Panthers got their first victory of Wasn't the it season. Like 15 to 14. Yeah, like 15 13, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Dude, I went to the card shop. It was almost as ugly as that Jets and Giants game. I went to the I went to the card shop, Relics, Shadow Relics. And I was talking to my boy there, David. I was saying, man. I took the Texans over the Panthers because the Panthers are garbage. And he's like, but the Panthers are due. And as soon as he said that, I, I looked at him and I was like, fuck you. Motherfucker, you're right. The Panthers are due. And I, you know when you have that moment where you're just like, uh, oh, shit. Like I left the stove on. That's what it yeah. felt like. I was like, no, the Panthers are due. And they were so. And But I in the survivor pool that I'm in, I actually I took the Chargers. Okay. Well, that's a good they, pick. Coming off two losses, going against the Bears. That's uh, hammered, murder. Yeah, that was the closest thing to a sure bet you probably would have had, outside of picking the Ravens over the Cardinals. As usual, we are recording on a Monday night, so we are unaware of the score of the Lions and Raiders game that is going to be taking place. Oh, in about an hour from now, but we do know the result of the Thursday night game. It was the Bills over the Bucks, and there's not much to say about that game other than the Bills won. Well, actually, the Bills look uh, supremely human. Uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield has been played better than anyone expected this season. He made a couple throws. I, I thought he had no business making that game. But the Bills look incredibly beatable week to week. Can we not? Like, I, I don't think they're in the talk of Super Bowl contenders right now, in my mind. I don't. They haven't looked good. Like, they've been winning games. They're five and three, but like, the not, three have been rough and the and five I, haven't been convincing. And I tell no. you, if Chris Godwin had looked towards his quarterback, <laughs> right, that game would have been a Bucks win. Yeah, because everybody went down, like they'd all been shot. Bills were down, Bucks were down, and it was Chris Godwin left standing. That man wasn't looking the right direction, and he could have caught that ball. But and don't be surprised. I would be so. Chris Godwin could get moved, and I think Chris Godwin would be incredible on. The Cowboys or the Chiefs? I think either. Well, the trade deadline is on Halloween, so yeah. we are not far away from that being a possibility. A team that has been in a lot of trade conversations is the Dallas Cowboys, who would move on to being three and zero at home with their victory over the Rams. They're five and two on the season. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns for Dak Prescott, three hundred something yards. Sitting on most people's benches, I bet, because no one trusted him. I dropped his ass. Oh. Okay. In another league. I dropped that motherfucker, and now he's out there throwing bombs. Yeah. Well, like, he's due one insane week like that per season, so. I still don't believe in him. Though, I heard the rumor was that they, like, Derrick Henry would be a... an option for them, but I heard that the Titans have no interest in trading Derrick Henry, which is really fucking weird. 
well, which is considering that Tejon Spears weird. is getting the snaps. I feel like the moment they traded AJ Brown, they should have said, "Okay, we're done. Like we're folding it up. We're, this is we're we're giving up on life." But yeah, losing Ryan Tannehill to injury, uh, AJ Brown obviously has been gone for a couple of years, but. Uh, Derek Henry, that's not getting this. He's still getting some snaps, like, but he's sharing a lot more snaps than he normally would be, which I guess is what we're getting at. But yeah, a lot of rumors said that he may be a Dallas Cowboy. He may be a Baltimore Raven. I don't, I don't see the fit there for the Ravens. It'd be cool as shit, and I would buy a jersey immediately, but I don't see that happening. Uh, someone who's going to be uh, a team to watch during the trade deadline today is the Minnesota Vikings, who mm. did defeat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Uh, because the Packers are just an absolute unmitigated disaster right now. But in doing so, they also happened to lose Kirk Cousins to a torn Achilles tendon, who it's had to be on the phone immediately to a former uh, Green Bay Packer in Aaron Rodgers to see if he can also get on the, uh, no. I don't know, Aaron Rodgers w- superhero serum. The text is WYD. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> you, are you up? <laughs> yeah, you got the 3 a.m. you want text. Yep. Can you give me the number no, he's of gonna, doctor? He's going on the darkness retreat with him. Yeah, Ayahuasca. Yeah, I honestly trouble for the Vikings. Honestly, like we've been talking about it for a number of weeks now. Of he's going to be traded to the Jets. He's going to be traded to the Jets, right? Yeah. Well, you feel for the dude because he's arguably putting up the best numbers of any QB in the league throughout the first eight weeks. And he just, one, they have no defense to stop the ball. And two, outside of Jefferson, he had no one, but he was still making shit work. Yeah, he had, listen, everyone's saying Madison, blah, blah, blah. The real stud coming out of the Vikings is Jordan Addison. So I don't, I don't think the, and we were talking earlier about whether they will rebuild, if Jefferson would stick around. Listen to me, if the Vikings tank and listen, the, the, the Panthers, if they get a draft pick, they're not they're not moving on from Bryce Young. They're going to trade that draft pick. I'm telling you, if the Vikings get Caleb Williams, there like it might not be a, a, might not be a rebuild. There might be something there. So I'm, I'm I don't know that 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 man's going to be on the block. The Vikings could be in for a quick turnaround, but they do need D. Their D is atrocious. The thing is, like they're still right there. Like it depends on. The outcome of the game tonight. Who's the backup? In Minnesota? Yeah, who's who's getting the snaps now? Uh, I mean, if you consider... Because <laughs> you never really can tell because you feel like they may end up go, going and making a trade. So, like, who theoretically should be getting it? It's Jaron Hall. But, like, who Ooh. will actually... Yeah, exactly, right? So, <laughs> Jaron Hall is the guy who's going to have to start because the only other quarterbacks they have on the roster is Nick Mullins, who's hurt, and Kirk Cousins, who's hurt. Like he's literally the only quarterback on the roster right now. So, does Kellen that mean Monica? there's is is there a phone call to the Dallas Stars about Trey Lance? Maybe Cowboys. What did I say? Did I say Dallas Stars? Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. Oh, I'm too I'm, on my monitor here. I have the Stars and uh, yeah. Uh, what's his uh, maybe they, jacket maybe game? That's what's same thing that the brain. they're in a worse position with the Jets when when Rogers went down, right? So maybe they're the ones who are fielding calls from a Matt Ryan, a Carson. Went actually Carson Wentz might make a lot of sense there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. 
Titans and Falcons. Titans over the Falcons. That's all I have to say Yo. about that one. No, man. Shout out Will Levis. Listen, Will Levis, debut, four touchdowns, found yep. a way to revive like, Halloween, unzombify, bring back from the dead DeAndre Hopkins. Right? Yeah. Oh, three TDs, man. And, well, let's... Uh, I'm going to give an early shout out here to Will Levis because uh, I have another one now for shout outs, but they were booing Malik Willis. And in the post-game press conference, he said, I just want to set something straight. We need to be better as fans. And don't we don't treat each other like that. Um, and he's basically telling the fans like to lay off Willis. And Willis has done fuck all. Like, the guy was drafted high. Or not high, but hasn't had a ton of time playing. And good on Levis in a moment where, you know, he won a game, uh, his first game, to kind of... Could have been all about him. And, yeah. yeah. Levis was a second-round pick for the, the Titans. So yeah, this is a high draft pick. Definitely high draft capital for a guy like that. Absolutely. Saints and Colts. Saints, uh, unfortunately, get the victory over the Colts. Um, you know, I found an interesting stat the other day, and not people, enough people talk about this. Like they were comparing. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like I just saw the graphic come up of like career numbers of receiving yards, rushing yards, receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and it was Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, and they were like identical. And everyone talks about how That's incredible like, Christian McCaffrey is, but Alvin Kamara deserves a lot more respect than people give him. Like, especially that we are in the post Drew Brees era of the of the Saints, and we're in the fucking Derek Carr era of the Saints, and he's still getting it done. Like, he still had two touchdowns and over 100 all-purpose yards. Like, Alvin Kamara is still that dude. Yeah, yeah, he is. Dolphins, Patriots. Uh, Dolphins did what we expected they would do, and mm-hmm. the Patriots did what we expected they would do. Yeah. I mean, what, Tyreek and Tua have a 1,000 yards combined already? in Which is, yeah, I've seen. I, I think Tyreek might be, he's in like the top five of like, I think actually, no, like he has the most uh, receiving yards ever through eight games in the Super Bowl era. Dude. Like, that's how. Imagine if he stayed with Casey. Listen, the receiver, great receivers like that will make anyone look good. I think it's wild that he went from everyone calling him to a turn the ball over to the Samoan sniper. Like that's, a, <laughs> that's an insane glow up. You know what I mean? Like, it is. Yeah. That's uh that's a, what's it called? Um, the dude the, from guardians of galaxy. Yeah. That's a, the that's got a, a WrestleMania of, nickname overnight. He's not the Samoan yeah. sniper. Like that's insane. Imagine though what his numbers would be like if he stayed in Casey. Although he's prime target in Miami, where Kelsey's prime target in Casey. Yeah. I this is one of those situations where I wish I had told James to cue this up earlier. So we're just not going to have the audio. But it just instantly occurred to me. Uh, remember the South Park episode where Timmy and Jimmy got in a fight? Yes. And then Cartman yells out, "Cripple fight!" Yeah. Um, this was what I felt about the Jets versus the Giants. Wow, rude. <laughs> it, come on, man. Like that game was There were so many punts. The Jets the Jets didn't convert a third down until the fourth quarter. They were like yeah. they were like oh for thirteen. They didn't complete a pass in the entire second half. A pass. It was raining pretty bad. Yes, it was. Um, however, at the end of the day, when it counts, Zach Wilson made the plays. Got it done. Uh, big stops by the defense who who keep the Jets in every game. And at the end, of the, like listen, if they just keep keep at it, 
these are these are character building wins that feel like listen the giants are not a playoff team but they feel like playoff games with how they're won and how like how tense they are and that's good mental prep uh you know considering they're gonna go up against the chargers next week so another fringe team mm-hmm Speaking of uh, being on the fringe, this was a game that put a lot of people on the edge of their couch. Um, the Eagles and Commanders. How Wild. on earth was this close? What is happening the, in the world? The Commanders have the Eagles number. Yeah. And Sam Howell is for real, I think. But, yo, shout out to Hurts for bringing that team back from No, absolute fuck Jalen Hurts. Anemia. Fuck Jalen Hurts. Because, listen, every week I put this man on a parlay, he gets a touchdown. This week, everybody on the Browns gets a touchdown, but Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown got a touchdown. DeAndre Swift got a touchdown. Devonta Smith got a touchdown. Julio Jones. Julio Jones came back and scored a touchdown. They faked a tush push. They faked a tush push. <laughs> they that did. Fake the, yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome, actually. It's dangerous. Brilliant. This team is unbeatable now. When you fake a tush push... Game over, man. Game and over. and honestly, Swift walked in almost. Like he had one That's guy there saying. that reached for him, and it was there was but nobody it wasn't close. there. No. Could you imagine? Like, and that's what seven yards out. That's like, dude, they're unbeatable now. Could you imagine though if that's like Super Bowl? No, if it's like third and one, you know, in the end zone, you're not stopping that. No, it's impossible. And you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna change it. So you're either gonna have the tush push, you're gonna have the fake tush push, or they're gonna have one where a guy breaks out, goes around wide out to the zone, and he's just like a quick little pitch over the entire or line to a tight end or wide receiver. The fake tush push, not fake tush push, where they have the guy run to the outside. They think, oh, he's got the ball. He doesn't. They're actually pushing the reverse Fuck fake the, tush push. I mean. Still, man, good on good on them for coming back from what looked like a game they were going to get embarrassed in. Speaking of getting embarrassed, the Panthers found their first win of the season, and that was much to the dismay of uh, one Jimmy Key. And you know what? Adam Thielen had a heck of a game. He had eight receptions and 72 yards. He didn't get in the end zone, which annoyed, uh, I think, all of us, because I think we all took Adam Thielen yeah. to score a touchdown in one of our parlays. Yep. But that's how it goes sometimes, man. Just when you think uh, Another you make guy the right picks. Yeah, he's had a, a incredible resurgence in Carolina, and I think there's a contender who's strongly looking at Adam Thielen right now. He would look great. The Panthers are one and six. Like, he would look great in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get to Kansas City in a second. Uh, the Browns and Seahawks was a very fun game to watch, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks did win. Thank you very much. I appreciate that as a fan of the Baltimore Ravens. The okay, the Chiefs and Broncos. Cool. What is okay? Let's ride. There's a real thing happening here of Taylor Swift shows up, and so does Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift doesn't show up now that is Travis Kelsey. Now, I can't entirely blame Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes got to get him the ball, and, and Mahomes supposedly was dealing with an illness going into the game, too. So, that probably has a lot to do with it. Going into Denver is never easy altitude stuff like that horses let's ride you know whatever horses horses <laughs> things stuff <laughs> ultimate loud noises yeah i you know what it's 
they're they're saying something where Kelsey on like Friday was in Texas watching the baseball game, and Saturday he was somewhere else, and they were just like maybe the dude partying. Yeah, he's partying a little too hard. Dude, have you watched Shorzy yet? Full season? Not. No. I haven't. No. Oh, then you won't understand accountability, boys. You need to have your legs in the mm. third period. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. that's like episode two. Yeah, I did watch that one. Stop smashing ass. Yeah. We need your legs for the third period. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey, we need your legs for the fourth quarter. Don't spend yeah. all night smashing ass, hammering ass. I mean, I mean, I mean, that was kind of the premise of I think Creed three, or maybe it was Creed two. One of the Creed movies. I remember Rocky Balboa saying to uh, the new Rocky Creed. Well, Rocky, Rocky was, in, was in Creed. Yeah, but he wasn't in Creed three. He might have been. Yeah, so it might have been Creed three. Might have been Creed one or two. I, I watched them all recently, so they're all blurring together. But there was that scene where he's telling him like, "Nope, don't have sex with uh, what's her face with Valkyrie." Like, "Nope, don't do it," because like you have to be ready to have this fight. And I don't know what the fucking like, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The science. actual science behind it. But you know, he's Rocky Balboa. You know, let's look Rocky Balboa in the eye and tell him he's wrong about boxing. Right. He'll punch What's wrong with it? Yeah, absolutely. And people need to be uh, this generation. You know, they, they need to be afraid yeah. of being punched in the face. Like that fucking security guard that's going around. On exactly. The that I, I I don't know what happened in that scenario, but looking at the dude who got punched in the face. Yeah, you know what? Probably deserved, deserved it. it. Very punchable <laughs> face, uh, that dude. Heads up. Time We're waiting for time. Right time. We got to run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ravens or Cardinals. Um, Good for you. Yeah, happy. For awesome. You. I'm, I'm happy. For, Except I'm happy fuck about Lamar that. for not scoring a touchdown. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about that. That's for sure. As someone who has Lamar Jackson on their fantasy team, I'm very upset about that. Um, Bengals and Niners. Bengals spanked the Niners, as I expected. Yep. Purdy is showing that he is not that great. And Joe Burrow is showing when he's healthy, he's still a top five quarterback. And it's, uh, it's going to so be very. Yeah. That's a tough pill for the Niners to swallow. I wonder if they're in their own heads now. Yeah. Three straight. That's tough. And then the Chargers pumped the Bears because for whatever reason, the Bears decided to abandon the thing that works for them. And they said, running wins us games. Let's uh, put Foreman on the bench then and uh, use some random dude no one's ever heard of. He's going to score two touchdowns for some reason. You know, just <laughs> I honestly, the way that game started, I felt like the Bears were thinking, shit, we need to stop winning games. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we need a high draft pick. We need to stop this. They right had now. a high so draft I'll... pick. They had it last year. I know. Still, you can always you can always get more. Never, it's never a problem to get more high draft picks. That's all from week eight. Now we need to build a parlay. We need to make one pick each from the three of us in the NFL week nine schedule. If you recall, one, two, three times this season. Only three times. <laughs> three times this season we have been we have been right on uh, our parlay build. Now, it's not exactly a parlay build. What we're doing is every week we are picking what we think is a sure lock bet. However, we can't reuse the same team over again. So, uh, gentlemen, I don't know if you have one queued up already. If you don't, I'm going to go. Yeah, go ahead. I already forgot who I'm taking. James, go ahead. Oh, you know what? There it is. Um, no, I don't have it. Go on, James. I'm taking the Saints over the Bears. The Bears fucking Damn suck. It, that was one of those <laughs> I now remember what team I wanted. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Saints Saints. Over... I deserve it. Like, fuck you. Fair enough. I'll give you the Saints over the Bears. Maddie. Have I taken the Eagles yet? 
Uh, you have taken Jags, Browns, Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Jets. I'm taking the Eagles over the Cowboys. Ooh. The Eagles over the Cowboys. Only favored by three, but the Eagles are at home. New Orleans is favored by seven over the Bears. So that's a pretty good one there. So I can't blame James for taking that one. I feel like uh, Dustin's taking the Chargers over the Jets. You know what? That's not a bad one, but I'm I'm doing something I never like doing. I never like to bet on a team in the Ravens division. But I'm oh, running he's that taking, team. He's teams. taking the Bengals over the Bills. I am taking the Browns over the Cardinals. I've gone three weeks in a row now of taking a Whoever team plays over the Cardinals. The Cardinals. <laughs> you know what? It's working. And who am I to look? A gift horse in the mouth when I see Why? Because fuck them. That's why. <laughs> if you parlay all those together and throw five bucks on it, it'll, it'll net you $8. So it's come on. you come for the big bucks, folks. Yeah. Uh, not, not sponsored by FanDuel. Please play responsibly. You will not get suspended by placing these bets. They're going to say it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. I think with that, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's a segment where we get to hear Mercy Drive's uh, original version of the song for the Tough Enough series that Maven won in season one. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Loki, uh, Downstate, you know, wrestling themes said that they were inspired by for Cody Rhodes' theme by Bring Me the Horizon's Throne and Paramore's Decode, which I think is really yeah. Cool. No, I saw that tweet. That was fucking oh, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll go first. You oh, go, first. go ahead, no, no, Jim, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, mine's real quick. Um, shout out to Taking Back Sunday. Their new album is really, really good. And good. if you go check out their Instagram, they actually crashed someone's wedding and was the band they performed at this uh, woman's wedding that I guess her friend was like, and now uh, let's give it up for the band Taking Back Sunday. And I guess the, the woman behind like the, the bride was like, what? And then they like came out and she was like, holy fuck, like this band is actually here. Oh my God. And I they were all dressed up shit. in the maroon suits and they did uh, a set for the, for the wedding reception, which I think is really fucking cool. And that goes yeah. hand in hand with that like backyard show they did over the summer, yeah. which I think again, that's cool shit when you can kind of do something a little grassroots like that. So, and the new album's awesome, like I said. So, shout out to those guys. Speaking, it's very mature. Speaking of crazy stuff like that, did you see at Drake's birthday who we had as bartenders? Was it? No. Yeah, it was fucking Brian Cranston and Jesse Pinkman guy. Yeah. <laughs> what? How do you get that invite? Like, that's just the weirdest thing to ever see. These fucking like, guys cooking up drinks, right? It's like Wednesday. Brian Cranston's like, oh, fuck. I got to go to Drake's birthday this weekend and work the bar. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This Screen Actors Guild strike is really hitting me hard. I'm going to take this bartending. <laughs> hey, man. People need... Man's got to eat. You got to get paid. <laughs> yeah, man's... Yeah. Right? Maddie? Maddie. Uh, so two uh, goes out to Adam Johnson, who was the player, unfortunately, who died in England this week. Um, like I, I said this in our discord, it's it was the number one fear having playing was getting cut anywhere, wrists, back of the leg, whatever. And 
you know, you're taught to a lot of the time that when you get hit or whatever, how to fall properly or how to like take certain motions because to avoid this shit. But you know, regrettably, it was going to happen eventually. Um, you know, guys have been cut, Malarchuk and Zednik. So, uh, yeah, shout out to him. And also, uh, Matthew Perry, good Canadian boy, diehard Jays fan. Um, obviously, Chandler from Friends and, you know, iconic character from our generation. And, you know, guy, another guy who's gone way too soon. Um, also a diehard Kings fan. Yeah, big hockey fan. But I really, the one thing I really liked about uh, Matt Perry and people were like, oh, well, is he just a Jays fan because he's Canadian? No, like he made it mandatory that in any shot where he was Chandler in Chandler's office had to have a Jays hat in the scene, similar to Jerry Seinfeld having to have Superman in every episode in some way, right. shape or form. Um, his was a Jays hat in his office. So, you know, shout out to that dude. Again, gone too soon. So both of them. So, Dude, he went to Rockcliffe Park yeah. uh, School in Ottawa. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he went to elementary school with Trudeau. Like they played together. Mm-hmm. He stole money, smoked, and let his grades slip, and beat up fellow student Justin. <laughs> he beat up Justin Trudeau. So, dude, yeah. the convoy loves this guy. <laughs> the convoy love Matthew Perry is now on their flag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dustin. Mine goes to the game production team at the Denver Broncos. I don't know if you saw this video floating around, but when they were. Um, celebrating their win their very uncharacteristic win especially over the kansas city chiefs they started playing taylor swift shake it off and (laughs) just the level of troll that that requires i i support and i approve (laughs) so i love those and like you got to take that in stride too if you're kelsey and yeah whatever you have to know so shout out to Denver's broncos let's ride and We'll see you folks next week. It's been a long one. Thanks for hanging out for the entire episode. Have a very safe and enjoyable Halloween. And until next time, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. I did it again. It's the Halloween episode. It's actually kind of cool.